Yeah, you play any good mobile games lately? Uh, not I. Yeah, like hand, handheld. Uh, so I got the Raspberry Pi Four. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, which I'm glad I did that and didn't go for the Mister because I don't. And so that, for reference, that's like a handheld emulator, right? Yeah, it's, it's a little mini computer, and you can put it into a handheld thing. But um, in this case, I just hooked it up to my TV and plugged a oh okay. An so it's, it, I thought it was it. like already a handheld device, but is it? It can it, become one. Yeah. Okay, okay. So it's kind of like those like you know those like old things you'd find at Walmart where it's like a Pac-Man joystick and you plug it into your TV and it's got like three different Pac-Man games and you yeah. get that for Christmas. Yeah. So it, it's like a really crazy version of that where it's it's um. You're, it's, it's just an, a giant thing full of emulators. So it's, you know, I wanted to see how 3DO games ran on a Raspberry Pi. <laughs> and the truth is they don't run very well because the emulator is not very good. Oh, yeah. So are, is it, are the emulators real hit, hit or miss? Are there any yeah. that better, like smooth as butter, just the, really working? At this point, the SNES and the NES emulators are in the Genesis one. And actually, I thought Sega CD ran really well. Hey, hey, so we right. can play some Sewer Shark Later, if you were so inclined, can it play any? Like, can you play like a PlayStation Two emulator? Can it go that high? Or uh, they have them. I think you need a PC. Uh, this to, one to has a, that. This one actually has a Saturn and a Dreamcast emulator that's pretty good. Is the emulator like pre-installed? Yeah, you can get these. Uh, I don't know if this is going to get us in legal trouble, oh. but <laughs> appar- apparently in Brazil, because of their import laws, which are super crazy, you have to basically have a huge uh, VAT, like an added tax on anything that comes in from out of the country, unless you have a factory there, which Microsoft did for a long time. So it was Xbox City and Emulator City, and that was it. Because if you wanted a PlayStation, you were paying three times Hmm. what you should pay for one. It was very expensive. That's pretty wild. Um, But yeah, I've discovered that when it comes to handheld games, Game Boy Advance is legit, because it's basically just a Super Nintendo Oh, yeah, Game Boy Advance is great. I yeah. mean, that's a huge um, library of pretty solid games. So many good games on there. It's like, well, I feel like the old handhelds, like the Game Boy Advance or like even the DS, it's just there's so many goddamn games. There's so many. It's like... Like 3,000 games. There's like games. a billion. Yeah. And like, <laughs> and like, I'm sure if you like looked up a list of like games that were overlooked, I'm sure it's a huge list because there's just so many. I, back when we first started this conversation, the point I wanted to make was Atari Lynx is on there, and I haven't. I'm pretty sure there's no good Atari Lynx games because <laughs> they're all bad ports of games that are better el- elsewhere, like Shadow of the Beast or something. Where it's like you're supposed to play that on. I think it's Turbo Graphics. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, to I guess to even segue to these magazines we're reading, the Nintendo Power magazines. This is a podcast where hey, we welcome to our podcast. <laughs> what do you the... think of our Marin? Yeah, we're doing. Um... We're doing uh, natural conversations now. Na- natural conversations. We're, we're changing. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're going to be even less on topic this week <laughs> than we have been. Yeah, we haven't done a perfect job, but uh, uh, get ready for worse. Um, the But yeah, I, I mean, we've seen examples of that uh, in these issues of seeing games that uh, are a little compromised, their arcade cabinet yeah. uh, uh, counterpart. In this era, though... I think Strider's in this issue, or it gets mentioned. And, and that's a game that's, they changed a lot from the arcade. So rather than, you know, the Genesis version of Strider is the arcade game, the NES version is like this kind of adventure game that's oh. pretty different. It's more like a Bionic Commando or a Power Blade. Yeah, I think I respect that move where it's like, if they like, okay, we can't do exactly what, we don't have that power, so let's see if we can like 
make this fun in its own way. That that that's interesting to me. Yeah. What if we made it? What if we made it better? <laughs> what if we made a better, more console centric game than the arcade game was? And then, man, on the Nintendo, I think in a lot of cases, I mean, Contra, everyone remembers the Nintendo version. Oh yeah, totally. Was Contra originally an arcade cabinet? Yeah, we could go fire it up in a minute here. I'll show. Hey. I'll show you. All right, it's I'm not. Just- it's not as good. I. And by the way, for the record, I own the Xbox 360 arcade version. So, Ooh. so I, I I'm legally allowed to play. That yeah, game. we're uh, it's yeah not, not breaking the law. We're uh, we're more villainous than this. A ninja and the cover me- page uh, of Nintendo Power issue number five. We made it. It's March April 1989. By the way, it's, what's up? We're Brett and Weston. We- <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm Brett. I'm Weston. Boom. We're writers. Writers. Let's move on. That's <laughs> in the happiest place on earth, <laughs> Los Angeles. Yeah, we're uh, in the old sunny, the sunny city. Is that does Los Angeles have like a fun? Would Hollywood count as like its nickname? Like it's the windy city or whatever. It's the city of angels. Is that, what, is that? That's one of them. I think there's dump trunk village. I don't know. Oh, like, there's geez. probably ones we don't know about. I just made that the, up. That's uh, not real. City of magic. Traffic central. Traffic. Oh my God. Um, yeah. Well, actually, uh, I keep on just doing the lamest segues into this magazine. Hey, let's. This, the let's, city has a has a uh, city in the background. Yeah, it looks like Miami, though. Hey, hang on. You think so? Ooh, the cover. <laughs> yeah, and so I'm gonna say we're probably hitting on the lowest budget cover I've seen so far. Would you don't you, like this one? You think I this mean, one's worse I, than the I like it? One? But they it really budget wise, it looks like. They bought a twenty dollar ninja costume from Walmart. Yeah, and... there's, a, there's an American ninja. <laughs> this is not because <laughs> Ryu and Ninja Gaiden. Ninja like, Gaiden. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was Howard in that ninja costume. Yeah, it's probably so... Howard Phillips modeling the. Uh, he's holding something. What is he holding? I don't know. It's like a key, an old timey skeleton key. I don't know. And he's standing in front of like a. Now that illustration looks like it's from Ninja Ninja Gaiden. Like it looks like the artwork from the game, in my opinion. Yeah, so I I, I can see that has a Ninja Gaiden feel to it. And then yeah, this guy feels like um, I mean, he literally like this is literally like if you were to go to a Hollywood Halloween store and there's like the ninja costume and there's that kind of like dorky guy posing as a ninja yeah he's like the trying example. to look tough but yeah the tr- harder he tries the less tough he looks it straight up yeah it looks like he's like a model for like a cheap costume your dad <laughs> turns out was a model on uh on costume covers for uh like you know for the for the halloween costume store so you have him looking angry and cool as a pirate you have him looking angry and cool as a doctor for who? Have, uh, this is a hypothetical. Like the uh, if my <laughs> if if your dad or my dad modeled as uh, the costume people, that'd be kind of interesting. I, I think I would kind of. I think it'd be kind of fun. It'd be a fun little tidbit to I, have. I would do it. I mean, it can't pay well. It's probably just whoever. Though sometimes company. I'm surprised because, like, I'm going to be honest. I'm looking at this ninja costume this guy's wearing. And I'm like, that's like a twenty dollar costume would be like my ballpark. But when you buy these costumes, I don't know why they're so fucking pricey, but. Have you ever like gone to like a cost costume zone and bought a costume? It's like like seventy dollars, freaking bucks. So you know, so expensive. Uh, it's it's a premium field. So maybe these uh, these uh, something you're uh, gonna wear uh, once. These models are uh, making bank because it seems like this is a high money, so high money industry. From the looks of it, the world of ninja 
Gaiden. I'm going to keep pronouncing it differently each time I say it. <laughs> uh, the world of Ninja Gaiden takes place in a version of Miami. Or no, maybe it's, maybe it's Brazil. Maybe it's Rio de Janeiro because they are on the edge of the jungle. And then if you go back oh, far enough, there's like some ridges. And then in the far distance is a ominous mountain stronghold in front of at least two moons. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. This is great artwork. Yeah. It's, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I would think like the background is actually cool enough. Like it's fine. It's really, I think, the, the, the model that's really making it seem low budget. I wish they brought back uh, the mannequins that were Link and Zelda in the last <laughs> issue because those were so creepy. Yeah. And okay, great. I was, about to, I was literally about to say creepy because those, those were. I, wanna, I wanted to see that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, I think, so Ninja Gaiden's like the, the big game of this issue, so we'll get in that later. Um, I honestly don't think we have a, a ton of thoughts on it, uh, but... Well, yeah, it's it's hard and good. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, I, has, I just has don't have a story. ton of experience with it. Um, right away, going into the issue though, we look got, look who it is. Um, He's back. Yeah, we've got our little surfboard surfboard stealing boy. again from the Ocean King. <laughs> this kid is riding a surfboard covered in Nintendo tapes. Yeah, and we mentioned earlier that like I've got like this fond memory uh, of surfboard advertising and stuff, and I'm starting to realize I think it might just be this one ad. I think this one ad uh, was just on every magazine for like a decade. You think it was just this one specifically, and you're just yeah. <laughs> I he's definitely this kid cannot believe he got away with it, uh, and he's definitely riding a surfboard covered in video games, some of which are pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Um, I missed that. Like, how big? We're like when you bought it because I don't really I'm young too young to like really remember buying like when games would come in like big boxes right that's true like and I'm cart- much older <laughs> I kind of feel like that's that was a little more fun than what we have nowadays like buy, get it when you bought a game you got like a big box like, yeah kind of a, oh, it feels man. like you're opening up a present right and and Nintendo games came in like a you know like a fairly respectable size box but man back in the day in like the 90s those PC games in the 80s oh yeah giant cardboard oh, boxes man I want to rip one of those open that's fun that like, was because they would be full of like weird tchotchkes to help make the game more realistic feeling yeah because games back then were like here is four colored blocks on a screen but it's like <laughs> you know this is the galaxy yeah. Or yeah, like a, little, a bunch of like bonus stuff to kind of sell the game and 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 the uh, the copy protection back then, which was like, <laughs> you know, the secret of Monkey Island. You have to match up the pirate face parts to put the code in on the computer to make sure you didn't just copy those floppies. Oh yeah, yep, 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 yep. That's fun. I I, I miss unboxing. You can only get that now by actually buying the system. You which buy like a hundred dollar collector's edition that <laughs> has a backpack. Will that, you ever do that? Will you ever like buy the uh, super pricey special edition for a game? I could see, I would consider doing it for a game that they did like a, a game I already knew was good that I wanted the collector's edition of. Like I would consider, I have considered, even though I don't own a lot of books, I've considered buying the uh, hardcover editions of the scott pilgrim comics Ooh, yeah yeah okay I, I can see that i already own them digitally it's it's you know and i own the the black and white versions but i could see yeah it's like okay i would buy yeah that. just kind of as a yeah because I'll, I'll do that with the bo- books i like i'll buy like the hardcover is my extravagant 
purchase our ping, penguin does let's change this to a, a book collecting podcast um, <laughs> P- penguin does those cool limited edition books where it's like they don't even have jackets it's just this really amazing oh yeah hardcover design and it's like mary shelley's frankenstein or dune yeah oh man the um, now you're playing with book cast book cast but i guess like the video game version of that is like it's kind of bullshit you don't want though you remember like the call of duty came with like night vision goggles yeah <laughs> kind of stuff there's that hubbub around was it fallout 76 that had the backpack that everybody oh yeah, was people upset got with? a little gypped by that I, I remember right it's like it was low quality or people need to calm down or, i don't i don't know though yeah, because I, like if i'm spending 250 dollars on a thing and it's like surprise because i've been disappointed by the quality of stuff i've bought oh but, totally yeah that's it's tough because like i'm and I don't know if this is right or wrong of me, but I'm definitely not the guy to ever send my food back. I, I like I'm not gonna ever really complain about the service I get, which yeah. I, I'm not even, I'm not positive that's like the better way to go at it. But hey, uh, uh, James Cameron, uh, the composer of the opening <laughs> theme song, he uh, when he sent me over the the files, he also was talking about how he pre-ordered like one of the synths that he used on it was called a Sonicware Liven, uh, okay. I guess, and. Uh, that thing, I looked it up after he told me about it, and I guess he was really disappointed by the quality of it. Oh, yeah? Yeah, after, after he bought it, Games did. <laughs> Game, yeah, Games has a... Uh, he's got... Games is the type of guy to send something back, I would say. Yeah, he's, uh, he's pretty upset. He sent me a video of him smashing it um, and asked right. me to keep his identity secret. <laughs> all right. Uh, the mailbox is really early, this, ma- this issue. Yeah, they switched everything up. Hang on, where's the... Mailbox. Boom. Yeah, they like... I mean, it seems like issue to issue, they're really just... Uh, they're figuring out how to make just, a magazine <laughs> as they're putting the it dice. out. Yeah, it, it, anything... Segments are anywhere, any magazine. You never know. There's no consistency. And this was like the biggest magazine in the country... Are close yeah. to it. I mean, maybe it wasn't Time Magazine in circulation or something, but like, <laughs> you're talking about a magazine with a circulation of hundreds of thousands, and the they are they are new to making magazines. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I actually do have a question for you. Like this one seemed this 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 round of mailbox seemed a little more fake than. You know how we always you kinda, think so? I don't know. It seemed a little mm. more, and that's I really don't know if I think we're always skeptical. It seems like that seems to be a theme of us being skeptical of, of whether or not these male these are like fake yeah. ones that are like, "Hey, I'm a grandma and I play video games. Grandmas, all grandmas should buy video games." You we, heard it from me. Yeah, like, I don't know if that's a real person. That sounds like an ad, and they definitely have quite a few in this one where it's literally just like it seems like it's just a person saying like. Hey, come on, like moms can play Nintendo. It's definitely, hey, if Mailbox's entire goal was to give kids something in this issue of Nintendo P that they could take to their parents and be like, look, adults play video games and approve of it. Yeah, well, actually, uh, a big theme of this one, uh, and again, just for context, just in case this, you're a new listener, but Mailbox is like people who are just fans of the magazines will like send just letters and it's just like a collection of letters and they'll like nintendo will respond to that yeah this is where they're pretty, pretty straightforward this belongs at the front of the magazine yeah i think it, it's the correspondence from previous from the past so we'll see if it sticks but yeah i'm okay with this being at the front but there seems to be if i'm remembering correctly there's a lot of like a lot of these 
seemed to be revolving around parents sending it in and, and saying, at first, I wasn't sure if video games were good for my kid. But then I came to the conclusion that they are good because there's yeah. puzzle solving and hand-eye coordination. And uh, that seems to be a lot of these letters. So You've got, I, you've I got guess, a high school English teacher, that's some cred there, that's like, I'm defending Ninten- playing Nintendo to my colleagues. Although, actually, I liked that letter. It was I do, too. No, it's Steve Steve Gibbs or Jibs. He's from Benicia. He's uh, just up the street. Where is I don't know where Benicia is in California. Yeah, what was his reasoning for like he's really defending video games as is it just uh, he's really talking about how he thinks children and, and a child should learn critical thinking and that games can help there. Yeah, so he is a parent and he's also a teacher. So he was like, "Hey, this kid's obsessed with Nintendo, but I'm actually cool with it within reason." <laughs> yeah. And oh yeah, he also has some marketing advice where he's like, "You should put out more th- critical thinking games because we are getting just raked over the coals as uh, education professionals as, you know, cause this is the era era of critical thinking, I guess." <laughs> Which, to be fair, as as a child in this era, I do remember like a lot of what are those called? The mind bender things, where it's like solve this situation, like like riddle, like a, yeah, like Julie's on an island in the middle of the lake. Yes, she can get off the island. Yeah. all she needed was a piece of string, Lo- like a logic riddle. Yeah, it's or, a logic riddle. Yeah, I yeah. love that. I, I personally, I I love logic riddles. Do, can you solve that one? Okay, yeah, give me it. What, what, All right, yeah, so she's in the middle of a lake. Okay, this is going to be on, on this an podcast island. is going to be an hour of me thinking. Yeah, this is he can ask me <laughs> questions, but I can't give him clues or the answers. So uh, we have to stop now. We're just going to do this until he solves it. All right. Okay. Can you give me the riddle? Okay. So, uh I'm paraphrasing. This is in the exact text cuz okay. I heard this one in like 1991, but uh yeah, so Julie's on an island in the middle of a lake. And she's able to get off the island. Uh, she doesn't get wet. Okay. All she needs is a piece of string. What does she do? Okay. So she, how does she get off the island? And she has this magical ability that she just doesn't get wet. That's right. It's magic. You solved it. Oh, congratulations! Is it what? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, there's no. It's a logic. It's a logic puzzle. There's no. There's no magic. No. Well, like. Um, but she just doesn't like to water just like bounces off her. No. She, she's not water repellent. Can she breathe underwater for an unlimited amount of time? No. And she's stuck in an island with a string. Does she? Um, yeah, she's able to get off the island with a piece of string. Okay. Like, I've, I've got kind of a grim answer to this. <laughs> All right, what's the answer? No, I'm not going to say it. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> My answer is a little too grim. It's so grim. I don't know. Like, uh, is the answer to this riddle a grim answer? No. Okay. I'm not going to tell. Okay. So, I hey, thought, hey listeners, I... stick around. And we'll, the answer to this logic puzzle will be at the end of this episode. <laughs> a little treat for you. But yeah, we should probably move on because I don't know the answer to that. Uh, again, <laughs> uh, uh, my, my, uh, 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 my answer, I think, would turn this from a semi-explicit podcast to a podcast uh, that would need like a trigger warning. So I'm not going to say it. But we're, n- we're not on. We're not a Vice show, so we gotta. <laughs> Man, Vice Vice is messed up. 
I've been watching a lot of Vice. <laughs> Anyways, I also wanted to point out that uh, this first letter here, speaking of old people writing in, is from an 83-year-old in a retirement home. And I know that you're skeptical because these letters in aggregate definitely deliver a message that everyone should play games and it's okay for kids to play a lot of games. Yeah, that one specifically, uh, the first couple of ones were specifically felt fake to me. Yeah, this guy in an old folks home and his fellow old folks uh, are super into Nintendo tapes. And this guy is 83 in 1989, which means he was born in 1905. Whoa. That messed me up. Yeah, geez, we're, we're, we're back in time. This is like, that's a long time. That's, everything was made out of like, it's just all log cabins back then. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, <laughs> that, that, that's something that always like, for, I, like it, you do have moments where you, you do realize you're like, like, I don't know, it's like you take this technology and amount of like, of where we're at as people for granted. But, you know, we actually haven't been here. Like we haven't been living in this technological world for that long. This guy probably rode on a steamship. Yeah. Like a ship powered by coal. Wild. Do you think he knew somebody went down in the Titanic? Yeah. I'd say, I'd say based off of, um, so many people, the vibe I'm getting off. There's only like 10 million humans alive in 1905. So I'm assuming that like everybody knew somebody went down. I think that was like, uh, the, the Titanic going down was like the Thanos snap. Like that was half the, (laughs) half the population (laughs) (laughs) went away when that happened. (laughs) Half of the world was on that cruise. Um, All right. Well, I actually, I, I I think there's one that I I would like to call out. Yeah. What is it? I thought it was pretty cool. Like one kid's like uh, really an art. And so he's a sculpt. He likes to do stuff with the clay. So he recreated the, uh, the cover from the first issue. Oh. Did you see that one? Oh, dude. Yeah, he's got a little... This is a good one. Oh, I remember this kid. Yeah. What else did you want to say about him? Um, because, so yeah, so the, the, the meat of it is he just, with Clay, recreated like the intro, like the very first cover, which is like a really uh, cool like Clay Mario jumping. But there's definitely a cooler part of this, which is this whole thing is him talking about that. He's building that. but um, And there's a picture of it, and it actually looks pretty cool. But he just casually mentions in the beginning that he just drives a custom golf cart to to school. Like, very just one line just in his introduction. Like, hey, I'm whatever, whatever his name is, Trevor, and I drive a custom golf cart to school. It's just, yeah. Yeah, that's like how, that's his personality. Because he, he's 15, and it's a whole mile to school, <laughs> as he says in the letter. And he's not legal age to drive. And so does this... So that means he parks his golf cart somewhere at the school. And what's a custom golf cart? Like, what, what is, what's customized about it? It's is, been souped up. Is it like, is this thing going like 60 miles per hour? Is he, it's got a, it's got a, a boom box. It's got a, a turbo boost. Uh, what is it? Pimp My Ride. He's got a Pimp My Ride multicolored neon jukebox in the trunk. Okay, well, he mentioned he's an artist. So uh, uh, maybe there's uh, some real pizzazz on it. I just, the, the picture of this kid makes him, he's got, he's, he's like a little, speaking of things, he's, it looks like a little American psycho because he's got, he's got his like private school, you know, outfit on. So he's got the tie and everything and he's got. Yeah, he's got to be rich. I mean, uh, a th- custom golf is, cart is a rich thing, right? I, or judging by the letters that they publish in Nintendo Power in this era, about a third of Nintendo players at this point in time are like John Hughes characters so they rich and they, they live in the rich part of chicago yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. And have adventures because like yeah he's he drives a custom golf cart um his parents aren't 
available to drop him off at school. So that feels like and he's not going like, to walk one mile, hey, you know, in it's, Florida, his family's working and it's you know, hot there Florida's they, miserable and it rains every afternoon. You just get drenched. Yeah. This seems like a total little rich, a little rich kid. Yeah, honestly though, it, it's tough to it's tough to hate him because he does seem pretty rad. Like oh, the yeah, art, the art's cool. He like, seems cool. Yeah, he's into art. Uh, he's he has a custom golf cart. <laughs> <laughs> That's sick. You really wanted that golf cart. Um, I, I definitely wanted motorized vehicles that I could drive when I was little. I mean, when I golf, I will not golf unless I have a golf cart. Like that, that's the only part of it that I. That's that's half the experience for me when I go golfing is is the golf cart. We, I, I want a a story about one of these really wealthy Nintendo kids in the '80s doing everything. Like I want, I want the hockey kids that like go on a globe spanning adventure. So yeah, honest to God, I would say of like, which every- is that in a previous issue there was yes. like a frankly unhinged letter about them spending thousands of dollars traveling all over the United States and Canada trying to get an NES game or an NES system so they could play hockey. Yeah, and I, I have to say, like these, like even this this rich little rich, little rich little rich schoolboy. They seem cool, honestly. Like that, they 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 seem like a fun. Like that's fun. Like if you have money to blow, and you're like using it to go on like cool little adventures with your family, you know that that's a respectable route for that. Hey, you know what? If if you got the money, you should totally go use it. Versus like just you know using that money to like not connect with your kid. (laughs) Probably what's happening to this custom golf cart kid. (laughs) Sounds like his parents might not uh, be too available. Uh, it's the impression I'm getting. All right. All right. So let's move on to Zelda 2. Adventures of Link. Ag- adventures, the adventure, the adventure of, Link, of just, Link. Just one. Yeah. And so we've talked about this last issue, so I don't think we really need to dive into it. But I, I do think it's worth noting that this is becoming a pattern where they finished the guy. Like, that's a thing they're doing. So Yeah, this, this era of Nintendo Power, I guess they would just do extra time spent notice it's always nintendo games i don't think they've done one on a third party game yeah so it's only been happened twice but yeah they'll they they and it's always the big game so it's like super mario bros 2 and now they're doing zelda 2 and they they post uh the first half of like a guide walkthrough for it in one magazine and then you get the next issue and then you get the second right. part to it and that i mean honestly from like a marketing perspective i get that like if i was a kid and i got half of a guide and i knew i'd get the other half with the next issue i'd want the next issue i it, it makes sense to me and it's kind of cool to like uh it's an actual like function to this magazine like it's as a kid you're getting to see all these video games but you're also getting a guide like you're getting a lot of stuff from this yeah so it's for podcast purposes eh, it's not really not really useful because just a bunch of maps oh yeah yeah tips not much talk about i I think just contextually what it is is interesting for, for the gamers the young the youngs in the late '80s, reading this like it's hugely yep. valuable. If you had this cursed Zelda game that was a side scroller instead of top down, I, I was. Oh, thi- did you know how Zelda Zelda One and Zelda Two are back to back? The release date. I did not know that. Wait, what? Yeah, they're like uh, they, at the uh, a little spoiler for this magazine, but at the end uh, they they like do. There's a little like uh, voting for the best games of the year. Both Zelda and Zelda Two are on that list. It's the best game of the year. They're they're exa- the game. I, I looked it up too because I was curious. It's an exactly they were released exactly a year apart from each other. No way. And so they actually fell into the same calendar year. Wait, Legend of Zelda came out in wait. Yeah. No. Yeah. Really? It's, it's a year difference. Crazy. That doesn't make 
I don't understand. I thought Zelda came out in, oh, maybe in the U.S. they're closer together. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's both Japan. I, I, if, if I, unless I like misread something, uh, it was uh, just, the, it seems like it, it was about a year apart from each other. I'm so... Which maybe makes sense why Zelda 2 is like the un, not the most polished Zelda of wanna, all time. Is they, yeah. they made it like, which I guess isn't even that crazy. Like, didn't Majora's Mask come out like super quickly after Ocarina of Time? Yeah, but Majora's Mask is, it's not just a reskin or an expansion, but it, is, it uses a lot yeah, of the tech it, behind it, it uses Ocarina. a lot of the same assets where, yeah, Zelda 2 was from the ground up. But I, yeah, I just thought that was like, it was on voting for the game of the year uh, section of this magazine. Both Zelda and Zelda Two are, are 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 up for Game of the Year. Wild. That is super nuts. I'm so confused still by that. that I know. Yeah. I don't understand. Okay, we'll come we'll come back to this later. Features. <laughs> it, it said features. <laughs> um, hey, it's the Nestor CES report. Fucking Nestor. Uh, you know what's crazy about this? What's up? Nestor got himself a job. Nestor actually, if... The Nintendo, the Carrot Top mascot, went to CES in Las Vegas in 1989. That's pretty crazy. And honest to God, from my impression of this, so like they're they're going over the CES, whatever. It's like, uh, I don't know, is this like a prehistoric E3? Is that, or just like video game conference? So this Uh, is a consumer electronics show. So this is like video games but everything else and that's what's super insane about this because nintendo was like the booth at ces because they were so big yeah that they basically take over the show oh really so like that they were just i mean video game wise right i mean they're it's really just nintendo's like slamming the competition yeah they're they're like a at this point the u.s market was so borked after atari yeah. broke it that like nintendo just kind of took over everything and it's gonna be like this for a couple years it's yeah it's, i think until uh, the mid 90s is the sega is the genesis the first sega system or is 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 the sega system out yet or is it is nintendo completely unrivaled at this point i think they're i mean practically they they're totally unrivaled because the genesis wasn't competitive until later in the 90s like 92 93 i think oh really so like the Genesis was like a slow hit. It, 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 yeah, it, so the Genesis came out somewhere around 89, and I think they had it in the U.S., but this is before Sonic the Hedgehog was the pack-in game. This is like the Altered Beast era. Sega Genesis. And they had the Master System, but that was like not... It, was, it, just, it wasn't like a true rival. It, is it really like as soon as Sonic joins the scene, that's when it becomes, becomes a real rival? Oh, wow. So when is, what are the dates on this issue? Because Genesis might actually come out... Because it's, yeah, so Sega Genesis comes out later this year in the U.S. It's, uh, it's August 89. Hmm. August 14. So I used to, I've worked a lot of trade shows at the Las Vegas Convention Center, uh-huh. which is almost certainly where this was held because it's one of the only places in Vegas that can hold like, Oh, actually, I think I recognize that front, that picture up top. They have a bunch of buses parked in a huge parking lot in front of all these flags in this main entrance. I think that's the LVCC's main entrance. Oh, okay. Um, so I've been at, not CES, but I, go to, I used to go to NAB show a lot for work. So I've been at trade shows with like 100,000 people in attendance. Ooh. And it is 
yeah, this is just totally nuts. That's fun. To like think about this era where they've got Nintendo's just got this massive booth. At an NAB show, the equivalent would be like it couldn't have been as big because like in consumer the, the stuff is so much more niche. NAB is National Association of Broadcasters. It's, uh-huh. it's a cinema and TV equipment show. Yeah. So it's like Sony has a booth for all their cameras. Yeah, it's very like uh I mean, is this, would this be the same thing? Are there like, because uh, people aren't just fan. there's not, at a camera convention, there's not like people who are like, I'm such a big fan of, you know, there's not like uh, uh, locals go into it, where this yeah. seems like there well, would be, Well, I mean, right? they are, but they're trying to steal stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's an ongoing concern at shows like this, where you have expensive equipment. This is going to be like, t- you know, Toshiba and Sony selling old tube TVs and, yeah, uh, Nestor's for sure stealing stuff. If Nestor's at this, yeah. Do you think you he keep like the little kid there? that like your camera booth is like, hey, watch out for this little Nestor kid. Kids, he's got sticky fingers. He like made his own badge so he could get into the front door and it's like crayon and sharpie. Oh yeah, that's for sure happening. So yeah, this is like kind of just a the layout. I. Th- is a little confusing, but they have all their third parties there with them. They like got them the booth space. And uh, so everybody is showing off their games and like the list of games they're showing. If you know your, your NES games, pretty impressive. There's, I mean, they talk about uh, TMNT and Bayou Billy. They have Mega Man two is here. Ooh. Like that's, I love the Mega Man games. That game's crazy. You know, this is a classic guardian legend is brought up. Uh, there's a bunch of licensed games that, uh, you know, like double dare the game. <laughs> There, yeah, I could dig that. Did you see this thing where it's uh, the Sunsoft booth? Sunsoft did a bunch of the um, fondly rem- remembered licensed games like uh, Fester's Quest and the 1989 Batman game. Ooh, which is I, I don't think I ever played. Good. I think the I think I played Chameleon Twist, which I think is Sunsoft, which is a Nintendo 64 game. But other than that, I, I don't fully recognize that. So yeah, in the booth they mentioned that they were showing a Terminator prototype game that plays like Dragon's Lair. Oh, okay. That sounds amazing. I would have liked to have seen that prototype. Yeah, that's cool. I, I always like seeing like these like old. I mean, we in in the magazine itself, we're not really getting a ton of information. It's just like that's the other thing. Or, like we're not getting like pictures of stuff. Uh, we, like we're not getting like game footage or anything. Yeah, Nestor is doing a pretty mediocre job covering the show, if I'm being honest, because like for a show like this, you know, modern games coverage of trade shows like E3 is like massive. It's yeah. the whole team spending months of preparation and days of coverage and like and, hours and hours and hours of video and audio. And we just took like one unreliable boy out of this, out of this. Yeah. Uh, I, a pretty big, you know, he, he really, he's got a couple pictures and yeah, honestly, uh, again, again, the mascots of Nintendo Power are Nestor and Howard. They're kind of these cartoony. Uh, Nestor's a real troublemaker. Howard is a real buttoned-up guy. Yeah, and, Howard and, is a real man. And Howard, <laughs> Howard is real. Nestor uh, is made up too, which but, kind of which is weird. It's complicated, it's complicated their but it's and it, and their story is very complicated, and we'll get into that later. But Nestor actually is very much like Howard in this. Uh, yes, in, in uh, that. Howard in the first like he he's also notably a real person who is like the at he's like the guy behind this magazine and after the first magazine there's a long letter of him just talking about how much work this is yep and Nestor does the same thing it's just Nestor uh uh you know the fictional character Nestor uh uh uh, uh 
uh, reporting on this thing, and it's just him. Uh, we're just getting like little footnotes uh, from Nestor, and it's just him talking about how, how hard it is, how yeah. hard his work is. To and, be fair, trade shows are a lot of work, but I, I'm also saying that as somebody who worked a booth at a, at a trade show like this and you work in a booth at a trade show like this and it's like long hours on your feet talking to people for like 10 hours straight yeah and if you're at a popular booth like this you are slammed with people because everybody yeah. wants to come see your stuff and you know when i'd work shows like this at the company i was at we would have exciting announcements at the show so like the first day it would be like nobody can take breaks you know, mm-hmm. my boss at the time would stand in one place giving presentations the entire day. It's crazy. Oof. And um, yeah, he's just covering, he's like taking like five pictures and then he's leaving to go eat buffet food and like go party in Vegas. Like he's yeah. not. Nestor's definitely like, I'm guessing lost at least 2K from gambling. Yeah, yeah, Minimum. and then he's blow, you know, he's sneaking over to the Hilton cuz LVCC is directly connected to <laughs> the Hilton and um I'm sure back then the Hilton and now it's not called the Hilton, it's called it's like Las Vegas Hotel. But yeah, he's he's over there playing blackjack, getting just absolutely just wrecked, getting, losing every goddamn hand. Cuz um, he just wants to get comped. Yeah, so. do, do you have fond memories of like those convention centers like as someone like they always seem cool, but I've never actually like been a part of it. I'm sure it's a lot more stressful like Man, working those shows is is rough. Like yeah. it's it's kind of a man because I I did like ten of them, um, ten NAB shows, and it, it's just grueling. Yeah, and Vegas is not fun when you're there to work. the The attendants, the attendees, like they would always show up hungover because they're partying on the strip. Yeah, um, I learned to enjoy Vegas a lot more when I got off the strip and go to those those tiki bars man hey yeah that's what i'm talking about yeah um do you have anything else on the on this section one last thing so they show off the broderbund u-force which is a new infrared controller that senses movements and the the idea was that it, i had one of these and mm. it, it was atrociously bad because <laughs> the way that it works is you fold it open and it's got these sensors that can sense movement and you can also put like a joystick on it. And the way the joystick works was you're literally, when you hit the buttons on it, flipping reflectors, like physical moving parts to reflect the sensors back. And uh-huh. took me back to how disappointed I was in my U-Force when I had it. Yeah, I feel like they constantly were like bringing out technology that like was like the futuristic thing, but just wasn't, the technology realistically wasn't there. Like did it, would it constantly not read the inputs? Like It was terrible yeah just it was like the, ac- the activator on the sega genesis side was the same useless motion <laughs> sensing technology and of course they have the the you know like the last thing they show off in this thing is the uh the power glove which is like the king of now oh, this may actually be a separate section but they show off the power glove which is like the king of cool looking but not very useful controllers Dude, did you know how expensive the power glove is it's crazy it's um the power glove is listed. They said just under ninety bucks, and I, I wish they charge more for it. That's about two hundred dollars with inflation uh, in today's money. Yeah, they couldn't charge two hundred fucking dollars for an accessory to a video game console. Two hundred bucks. It doesn't even work well. Yeah, why? Like it. It looks like the future, and like the packaging looks awesome. And like 
I, I I really don't know anything about it other than this is badass looking glove that apparently can control games, but we, uh, it doesn't. It seems like it doesn't work that well, and it's two hundred dollars. Did we talk about that in a previous? I, I think in another episode we talked. So the yeah, we've briefly mentioned it. I I don't know if we dove in though. Th- this covers the basics. I mean, the power yeah. glove was a cool looking device that was based on much better functioning technology. Kind of like connect. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, I would also like to point out that Nestor. There's a picture of Nestor wearing the power glove. He's got his shirt off, which is really gross. He's got his shirt off, and he is ripped. Yeah, he's actually I, I really. Not, I did not see that coming. You can see, uh, and Howard Phillips is uh, Howard is in the background of this image, and he really regrets letting Nestor do CrossFit. Yeah, like it seems like, um, like I'm getting the vibe that Nestor like is like that like that's in uh, uh a not natural muscle oh you think like, he's juicing yeah or he's like, on the juice it's sort of like the power glove is like just injecting i don't know i don't know what's happening but that's definitely like something's been injected into him <laughs> he is taking some kind of supplement stack that he got off a bodybuilder in miami yeah who is uh, or Vegas a, even? Uh, yeah, or, or it's a Vegas bodybuilder, one of the Cirque du Soleil performers, <laughs> and uh, he's taken this thing, but he's not doing any of the heeding any of the warnings tied to it. So his heart is beating like 180 oh, man, beats I'm a minute. Sure, I'm sure it's like uh, it's like a whole uh, sleeping in garbage bags to sweat off water weight before his weigh in. <laughs> Nestor has gone off the deep end. Well, yeah, we'll see. I mean, he's he's definitely like on a bad path. Um, but we'll see if he get he gets out of it. Uh, I feel like all the guardrails that a child needs to like not self destruct. Nestor is Howard is just denying Nestor. Yeah, these well, I, I I mean I it's it's rough too because you know Nestor's a child, so like he's not fully in control of this. But uh, I just feel like he's not I, getting the parenting he needs. I feel like uh, in a previous episode I said Nestor was like twenty two, but oh, that's a good point. And I, I, no, I mean, I, he I mean even still though, twenty two year olds can be utterly lost. Totally, yeah, and like. Um, uh, that's definitely the body of a 22 year old. Uh, so you know, I think your, your theory is becoming more and more real to me. Um, I feel like this is, not, this is also not the first time we've talked about Nestor's physique in relation to his age, <laughs> which is really kind of freaking me out. Just freaking buff. Um, I also think that it, with regarding contests, cause this is the power glove like section is a contest. Uh, you win a trip to this event and, uh, at they, least or to a different one in yeah, Chicago. Yeah. They do two CES is a year back then. Now it's just one. Now a year. One. Yeah. Uh, I feel like with contests, make it a trip. Like that's that's a much better contest. Like any contest that you like win, like uh, some real like legitimate prizes. Like yeah. Whatever. So for those of you still working in video game print magazines, yeah, just make it a trip. Like just give us a trip. I feel like a trip is what I want to win. I'll, I don't want, I don't I'll send win, a postcard like, a nice in with, with my data on it. <laughs> my, I'll send you some content, as we say in in the current decade. Yeah, I guess they like are like. Uh, our data is so easily accessed that they don't need to lure us with uh, prizes at this point. Uh, my, my family is freaking out about the T-Mobile hack. And they're like, T-Mobile signed everybody up for whatever ID protection because they have a, like a T-Mobile family plan. And my response on the group chat was just to say, oh, cool, my other free identity protection I got from the last time I was in a hack just expired because <laughs> it did. Yeah. So now I have more. It's the this is what millennials deal with. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's that's just uh, the cold hard reality. 
A cold, hard reality of a ninja. Oh, look, it's Ninja Gaiden. Ninja Gaiden. Ninja Gaiden is... Gaiden. We, uh, yeah, it's a little, uh, little look at this super cool game. They're obsessed with something that this game really was one of the first to do well, and that is like cinematic cutscenes. Yeah, that's, uh, that, that was the one thing that I thought was interesting, was they're really, really like bringing up these cinematic scenes as a selling point. Yeah, because that game had a super cool... I, I've watched all the cutscenes for those first three Ninja Gaiden games, and yeah. I don't remember anything about the story, except there's, like, U.S. government agents and stuff. Oh, was, there, was, was this, like, a legitimate attempt of a story? Like, past... Um, like the Yeah, I feel like most Nintendo games I ever play start with, like, an image and, like, a bunch of text I skip through, and then the story is never talked about again. Are, are they going farther than that with this game? Do you yeah, Ninja Gaiden, at the end of every level, you get a, um, like, a cutscene that advances the story. Oh, wow. So, so there's, like, okay, so this really is characters kind of coming and going and betrayals and, like, plot twists and all kinds. And then you go to another level that's just impossible because of the goddamn bats. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's weird. Yeah, it's weird that uh, one of the first like kind of uh, maybe bigger story games is accompanied by being like an incredibly hard game. So like it's but all, it's also it's it's, it's also like a story t- people didn't get to fully uh, see because I'm sure most people did not beat this game. Yeah, this this game to its credit though, it's a hard fair game because the yeah. game is actually really good. So if you're willing to put in the effort, uh, playing this impossible game with very good music, oh man, Ninja Gaiden. I, honest to God, when I play, like, um, really good story-driven games, I often will hit a point where I just, like, wish it was a movie. Like, I, I'll, I'll get to the point, even if the game's good, I just get, like, the gameplay becomes, like, uh, a obstacle to get to the next story moment. It you happens know, to me every once in a while. We should use that time machine that I stole to go back in time, and we're going to become uh, 1980s millionaires, which is it was a lot of money back then. Yeah. Uh, we're going to do that by taping good video game players, beating games, and we're going to sell those tapes. Oh, yeah. Was that... So it'll be like, it'll be like uh, Let's Plays. We'll, we'll create but, Let's Plays. Yeah, we're going to go back in time and make Let's Plays in the 80s. <laughs> we're going to sell them to video rental stores, so kids can either spend five dollars renting a game or five dollars renting a videotape with mini games on it do you it. think that would do you think we would be able to like sell that as a concept at the time because like uh, clearly it's people would be in if, if they could give it a chance but do you think people would give that idea a chance like or do you think people would be like why would i watch someone play a video game would that be too would the, is the idea too advanced for, for society you're saying yeah they're not ready for <laughs> let's plays yeah do you, like I don't know. Because I do think if I, like, I didn't know Let's Plays were a thing and I was just told, like, hey, uh, you should just watch someone play a game. I'd be like, no, I'm going to play the game. What are you? I don't know, man. I, I think that. That would be, I, and also, but I, how I, embarrassing I, would it be if we, like, had I think a time let, machine and we were planning to become rich with, by, like, bringing an idea from now then yeah, and we, failing? We stole a thing soon. that could literally unravel the fabric that holds reality together. <laughs> Because if I go back in time and give myself a high five, the universe explodes. Yes, but we're taking risks. We could make literally hundreds of thousands of dollars a year making video game <laughs> tapes and selling them to rental stores. Would be embarrassing if we failed. Yeah, but nobody would ever know because we yeah, have guess, we yeah, have we have the safe, backup yeah. time machine that you stole. Boom. So, primer. Okay, prime. Now, now since we're 
talking about these time machines, they do have primer rules. So we're going to have to, a version of one of us is going to have to sit in the backup time machine for like 40 years. Are we? Gonna, is it like a looper scenario where we have to kill? Yeah, let's change it to looper. Let's completely change the rules of our, because we've gone from back to the future to uh, primer and now it's looper. So yeah, we have to kill, uh, kill the other version of ourselves, right? Is yeah, that how looper works? Yeah, because the time machine is just a vault in the future that you throw someone in and it spits them out at a cornfield <laughs> so you can shotgun them in the past where they'll never find the body. So we'll sell these games and then so we're go- shotgun ourselves in a cornfield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't see any problems. This seems like a pretty solid plan to yeah, me. Yeah, I'm in. Uh, we're going to use a device that has uh, infinite energy. They could like solve the world's energy crisis right now uh, to send uh, ourselves back in time to to create, to, to, um, create let's play videos. Yeah, and, and then, then also there's going to be a system by which we shotgun ourselves, our future selves. I'm not exactly sure the logic there. I'm not sure if it's the guy traveling through time is the shotgunner. I don't know. It's, I'm gonna just like the plot of the Ninja Gaiden games. I am going to forget. Everything we've just talked about in about five minutes. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, I don't. Yeah, I unfortunately don't haven't really don't have that much experience in Ninja Gaiden. I know they're like beloved game. Like a lot of people really like them. Uh, yeah, I, I have a passing. I have a passing experience with Ninja Gaiden. I can beat like one level. Ooh, and the next level has bats, so I die. Um, and then uh, the next game that's featured here is also a game I have fond passing experience with. Which oh, really? Is Adventure Island. Yeah, I like the Adventure Island games. Uh, I didn't know. I I assumed this was like a super. Um, it it like I feel like this is what a grandma thinks Mario is. Is like because it's like this caveman who just has a Mario hat on, but instead of an M, it's a B. Yeah. So it kind of seems like uh, they're tr- they're trying to like get a grandma to buy it on a mistake by thinking it's Mario. Hey, you is, that, is that a fair assessment or do you think it's, uh, you, you don't got a shit on adventure Island main character, master Higgins. He's a, uh, it's actually really fun games. Um, one thing I will say about these though, is it's bizarre to me that they bothered to, so they've done the thing that they do with features where they're taking photographs of the levels in adventure Island. And one thing you know if you've played any Adventure Island game is you really don't need to do that because there is nothing in the levels. It's just kind of a straight line with some pits. There's nothing going on. Oh, really? Yeah, there's no blocks to jump on or hit. It's basically just you are going left to right. I mean, is it like a really easy game? No, they're really hard, but like the hard comes from the enemies and stuff and timing your jumps. It's not necessarily. Yeah, all these maps are just straight lines. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> I, 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 I'm going to. Make a prediction. I bet they only do this once because there are more Adventure <laughs> Island games coming, but I you don't think, see you think them. They'll learn their lesson. Yeah, because like the the really important part is like the enemies that you fight and where the skateboards are, and you know you throw axes and stuff. I, I thought the skateboards were kind of a like almost like a Yoshi predate. Like it's it's literally you open an egg and you get a skateboard, which for the record, uh, pretty sick. That's a pretty cool. You you open a prehistoric dinosaur egg and out comes a skateboard. Yeah, because that's pretty much exactly like Yoshi, but instead of Yoshi, it's just a skateboard. There are I don't know if it's in the first Adventure Island, but the future ones have dinosaurs that you can get out of eggs too, which makes a little more sense than a skateboard coming out of an egg. I, I prefer skateboard, dude. That's, All right, that's well, cool. Or that's, do you prefer? Do you prefer? You got more experience with the game. I'm gonna I'm gonna trust your judgment on this, but I remember those dinosaurs that came out of those eggs a little later. Being pretty cool. I mean, it's uh, 
speaking of other precursor items, uh, Donkey Kong Country rules, where it's like you write a thing that has cool abilities. That's fun. Yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, it uh, the, this game came out before Mario World, so it's kind of does have a. And Nintendo ripped off Hudson. Yeah, they 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 thought, hey, uh, what if instead of a skateboard coming out of this egg, what if an actual sensical dinosaur? Like, what if what if what comes out of it makes sense? Is, is was their note. You know, another thing is that these useless Adventure Island maps are the back of the centerfold. Whoa! Centerfold. Boom. And the other side of the centerfold is my new favorite, my new favorite centerfold that they've done to date. It's another, it's a different ninja than the ninja from Ninja Gaiden. <laughs> But he's uh he's a pretty cool. Yeah, honestly, it's a pretty cool. It's a very like '80s poster. It's like a very '80s like action hero poster. Dude, it's Strider. It's Strider. I love, I love Strider because I enjoyed the Marvel v Capcom games, and Strider is a super fun character to play in those fighting games. Yeah, because he has his sword slashes like go across the entire screen. Oh, that's pretty cool. Strider's, yeah, yeah Strider seems kind of badass. I honestly just. They don't go. You get the poster, and then they go over to the game a little bit, and it looks cool. Honestly, like I, I, I like the vibe of it. It's kind of like a space. It, it's is, um, is my, is my read correct? Is it kind of like a space ninja scenario? Uh, Strider is a. Do they go to space? Strider's definitely a technology ninja. Okay, yeah. That's, in the future, like, I, he's kind of a year three thousand ninja. Robot ninjas are cool. Yeah, and he fights. He fights robots by cutting them in half. That's kind of his whole thing. Oh, and he has a robot dog friend. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, there's some, uh, like, I feel like since I'm a little bit, like, the the Nintendo is very much the past for me. Like, it was out before I was even, like, it's it's just, it was prehistoric as a, when I was a kid. And sometimes, you know, as a kid, or even now, I can look at all the games, they all kind of look similar. But they're right. not. There's, like, there are, there's cool distinctions with each, ga- with each game, and it's cool, like... Uh, going through these magazines, getting a bit of a closer look and being like, oh, no, like these 10 games that like from a glance look exactly the same. If you actually look at it, no, there's differences. And uh, I mean, this guy is a cool yeah, like, robot. This ninja has more robots. This ninja has more bats. <laughs> Massive creative differences. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there's a we got a preview of Strider. And you can see here there is a robot dragon. Um, that's pretty yeah. much it. I just Strider's good. They don't spend a lot of time on it in the issue. No, but you, you get a sweet, sweet, sweet poster. Then we get Cobra Triangle, which is kind of a RC pro. It's like a kind of three D, two D year little boat. Micro machines. The the games that you like that I'm not a huge. I like fan. these ones, and I like it. It has a lot of like variety to it. I, I and I really like games like that where it's like one level. You know, you're like cruising down a lake fighting people, then the next you're like playing like soccer in the lake or something like that. I, I love these like old arcade games that like every level has a different little like fun gimmick or game to it. But I'd yeah. like to try that one. Um, I don't have a ton else to say on that. Uh, oh, uh, dude, I I just realized. So these previews sections have game ratings in them. What? In the corner, so they have these little yellow boxes with the four ratings. And oh shit. A little history. Apparently, what they did is Howard Phillips would collect 
people's ratings kind of from across the company. Everybody would get the new games in from overseas. Are these the uh, counselors that are rating, like the pro, yeah. the pros? Yeah, so counselors, other employees of the company. Um, it sounded like it was a pretty... They cast... So instead of like in... Uh, I was about to say modern games magazines, but there aren't really anymore. Yeah, they're just like modern websites. games websites. Yeah. Uh, it's you know one person doing the review usually. Yeah, uh, but back then Nintendo did their ratings kind of by aggregate. There's just That's like close cool. like Metacritic, the original Metacritic. Yeah. So yeah, they uh, so they have ratings for these, and uh, I gotta say, the next game on the list here, The Adventures of Bayou Billy, is the highest rated one, which I find. A little confusing, because I don't remember this game being that good. I've never played it. It's one of those games where you can... It's like three games in one. There's like light gun levels and beat-em-up levels and a driving thing. I mean, that, that'd that be interesting. I feel like I haven't... I, maybe I'll start paying attention to these ratings, because I could also see like uh, ratings not necessarily reflecting how much it holds up. You know? Yeah, this may have been exciting at the time because it's like, look at all these different games in one game. Totally. And it's set in Louisiana, an underrepresented game setting. Like, any time a game gets, like, applauded for its, like, great graphics, mm-hmm. and if that's ever, like, affecting the rating, it's not going to, like, over time hold up. Yeah. Uh, I, I think there's only specific exceptions to that rule. Like, you know, 16-bit games look unusually good if they're 2D. Totally. Yeah. And like that, that it, type of pixel if art. If there's like a cool artistic choice to it. But when it, when it re- really truly is just like, look at these, look at how realistic this looks. But I, I do agree. Some of that 2D stuff can, like a good graphics NES or Super Nintendo game kind of just does still look cool. Yeah. I, yeah. The pixel stuff gets a pass, but you go back and play like, Virtual Racer or something like those early 3D games, yeah. Star Fox, where it's like, I, hey, I got a soft spot for Star Fox. Star Fox does not look great though. Yeah. Because it's like 100 polygons total on the screen. You're talking about Star Fox 1 or 64? Oh, 1. 64 yeah. is pretty, I mean, those late 90s 3D games don't look especially great either. No, not really. Um, this, what does look great though, is this two page spread for Bayou Billy, like this, this hand done artwork of him fighting an alligator with a knife. Pretty cool. Uh, yeah, this looks way cooler than I remember that game playing. And then it breaks down the levels, but yeah, I just want to call that out. Yeah. It's interesting too, like having these like old zapper games. I'm always interested, like, because Nintendo still does that. Nintendo like loves to throw in gimmicks like with the Wii or Wii U, like every single system is... It it makes it kind of hard to emulate. Like uh, it it, yeah. it is weird knowing that like there's all these like great DS games because uh, I don't my DS doesn't work anymore. So like I really don't have a way to play it. And so like even the game like this, it needs the zapper. So like it's it makes it kind of tough to like re-experience. Yeah, there, there's kind of I fired up Castlevania. Uh, what is it Dawn of Sorrow? Is the second soma castlevania game on the it was the first ds castlevania yeah and i was like man i should go buy a ds light Dude, I, I might buy a 3ds uh and just there's so many games i have a bunch of 3ds games that i bought digitally that i have no way of playing now yeah so it would be the only thing keeping me from doing that is i bought two 3ds's and didn't play them at the time so i should probably learn my lesson and not buy one again i yeah they're, they're kind of pricey though to be honest like they haven't gone down really and like a 3ds costs as much as a switch i think i was thinking the prices i was looking at i i would like to if if they ever open pre-orders again i'd like to get an analog pocket 
Ooh, I don't know what that is. So that is analog does those FPGA based. So it's like hardware emulation instead of software emulation. So it's, it's a, uh, a hardware, like a modern system that plays old cartridges very, very accurately. Okay. So they have like the analog mini is the, their NES system. And it's like $400 cause it's metal. It's so expensive. Yeah. But they also have a super Nintendo and a Genesis and they just announced they're doing a turbo duo. So it's a turbo graphics 16 with the CD add on. And all those are like 200 bucks each. And, um, they announced analog pocket, which is a game boy basically with a really high resolution screen and adapters to play Atari Lynx games. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Neo Geo pocket color, which I, am actually down with because that's that system's got some cool games okay cool and uh but yeah like they took pre-orders like a year and a half ago and we haven't and it's just kotaku did that article where it's like what it's like to have an analog pocket pre-order and it was just this scathing like (laughs) roast of how uncommunicative they are but i'd like to buy one yeah no that that does sound cool i I do like these like cool gadgets Uh, games cameron mentioned to me that he's excited about uh analog pocket because it has uh nano leaf or nano loop there, there's a synthesizer that Ooh. game boys have uh that comes on it that's fun so i can use it in a setup apparently <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for games camera <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah I, I don't really have much else to say about this game do we want to dive into teenage mutant ninja turtles at all or do we want to save save that for the next issue let's uh let's save that one okay well then i think we're or do we want to do a count? Oh, shit. We, uh, we have Counselor's Corner. Yeah, fucking... Everything's changed around. They're trying to trick us. Yeah, I don't know if I have... There's not really, really I mean, much here. Is... The most important thing in Counselor's Corner this time is, uh, is the Counselor pictures, like you do. This time we got four dudes and a total of, I count, two, maybe three mullets. They Again, this kind of hit... If it wasn't for the guy on the top right, there's, yeah, there's four like little pictures of the Counselor's. They would, again, be going for the same theme of looking exactly the same. Yeah, it's like three dark-haired dudes that like, yeah, look very, very similar. Yeah, they, uh, they, even if I would almost say with the top right guy, if his hair wasn't blonde, they've all got these, all kind of look like jocks, honestly. Yeah, it's a bunch of jocks. It, a little bit. Like they just got, they've got like some chiseled, big, thick uh, chins. They're also, um, I don't want to be too hard on the top right guy. He's not unattractive, but those other three dudes are pretty handsome. Yeah, well, I, I yeah, I feel like the top right guy, honestly, uh, I, I think the he's not pulling the the the, the uh, bleached blonde hair. To be honest, I think he looks like um, who's the dude from Friday Night Lights who was in that episode of Black Mirror. <laughs> um, I don't know what is his name. Oh God! Oh Landry. Jesse Plemons. He looks like Jesse Plemons. Anyways, nobody cares. (laughs) (laughs) I care. He was great in that Star Trek episode of Black Mirror. Oh, okay. USS Callister. He's the captain. I I now know who you're talking about. (sighs) See, I should have done the reference for the thing from a modern era, not from From 15 (laughs) years ago. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. It's Brian Ulrich. Jesse Plemons look like. Maybe Jesse Plemons' dad. I can see it. Yeah, I mean, he seems like a fun guy. Um, I did think the dudes on the left were brothers again because they look the same and have the same hair. It is. They, I, I'm starting to agree with you. I think they are like having. I think they are purposely putting people who look like each other uh, next to each other. It's a, It's got to be on purpose. I think so. 
Anyways, uh, hey, let's. We're at the worst part of the magazine. We yeah, should take a break so, beforehand. Yeah, let's. I think we should change things up and 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 drink a beer to just prepare our like to ease ease up my nerves. For yeah, what's about to go down? Let's do it. Let's take a break. Boom. Hey, you're listening to the Now You're Playing With Podcast, the podcast. Are you ready? This is the beer break brought to you by Howard and Nestor. Hey, I'm Nestor. Um, glub up that beer, my friend. Here we go! Did you ever think, hey, I would really love to tell Brett and Weston to shut the hell up? Now you can. Send us an email at mailbox at nowyourplaying.com. Boom. All right, let's get back to the guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Howard and Nestor. Howard and Nestor. All right, Howard, the, the, the low point, the, the, the part we all dread and are going to get through. Um, I feel like the, we should have taken the break after the low point. Yeah, or, you know, sometimes <laughs> you have to start. I, I think we needed to build up energy for this. I needed to um, gain some uh, uh, beer for confidence uh, to yes. take this thing out. Um, it's the Howard and Nestor comic. We're talking about the two um, unlovable mascots of, power, of the <laughs> Nintendo power magazine uh howard and nestor uh we're we're to the comic strip uh they've been getting a little more extravagant i think like there's uh it started off as this little uh scrappy uh, it's like a one page kind of incoherent and now we're at a a scrappy bullshit two-page thing yeah (laughs) it's uh honestly a little bit of an art upgrade i i've got to i've got to mention the comics really do look great it's it's that illustrator i like um yeah, so in this one, Nestor's at the library getting ready to do a book report, and then instead of whatever book report he's supposed to do, he finds a book for the Adventure of Link, Zelda Two: The Adventure of Link. And we get a um, right when he opens up the book, it's the Zelda thing, and he does a little reference to the "Excuse Me, Princess." Uh, at oh, that's where it was. And, yeah, you've got that. Uh, where is it? Well, excuse me. Princess. Yeah, which is this is a thing. So apparently, there's a Link, there's a Zelda cartoon, and apparently, literally, like the catchphrase of Link is just to pretty much be a piece of shit and yeah, just, and just and just talk down and just say excuse me, Zelda. And I, I, I like, it's just I, being an asshole to this girl. Yeah, like kind of being an absolute dick. Which I mean, in the context of this, like being this Zelda TV show is funny. It's like that's such a weird fucking choice that they made. Uh, and I, that's like a meme right now. Right? Like that's always been like a meme to me. I didn't know that was like a thing before. Like I, I thought I always thought this was like a thing that like nowadays we look back at it and we're like, that was weird. Like, let's call that out uh, and make, make it a meme. But apparently since this magazine has, has referenced it twice, apparently that was like the show. Like that was always the show. It's in the cartoon at one point he looks down her shirt when she falls into the moat and he's like the view's pretty good from up here and she says something and he's like well excuse me yeah no i i, I always i had such a different i didn't know what this was i i thought it was like one line that was weird that is like a joke but apparently that's like it's his the, catchphrase. It's the only thing he, he says, says. It constantly yeah it's very annoying <laughs> wild um but yeah, so that's referenced in this, and then he's reading the Zelda book, and he gets like sucked into Zelda world. Which actually, uh, I have a confession: I I don't hate this comic. Really? 
Yeah, I kind of, I think this one works better than any of the ones that have come before. Nestor is doing a thing young children do. He's not trying to operate an unzoned business. Yeah, it's he's a lot not, more cohesive. I'll, I'll give, I'm, I'm with you on that. He's doing a book report, and he's annoying people in a library where you're supposed to be quiet. And then he's having Zelda adventures. And, um, you know, he, he imagines himself going through Zelda, which feels like a thing a child would do. Yeah, and, and then I is buy it. yelling in the library to the chagrin of the librarian. That, that all feels... And then things get a little weird in the end. Um, it's true. So, you know, as we've talked, these last couple of uh, comics, they've been building a foundation that... Um, Howard is kind of subtly controlling Nestor, right? It's It's true. Isn't that what we've uh, been reading a little bit? It seems... Their relationship, it's not familial, but there is something um, manipulative happening. Yes, something like somehow Howard is, you know, just, I mean, blatantly controlling Nestor through things. And what's getting a little dicey and crazy in this one that really actually, I would say, reinforces that and, and, and goes a little bit even farther with it is while he, Nestor's in this like link adventure, uh, Howard pops up in his imagination as a knight to the point where Nestor's like calling it out. It's like, Hey Howard, what are you doing in my imagination? As if like, he's no longer in control of his imagination. It's been hijacked by Howard. Uh, blatantly like, like uh, Nestor is full on. Like, what are you doing here? I'm, I'm you're not part, a part of the story. And it's like, well, sorry I am. So, and more importantly, I, in, in addition to that, not more importantly, just as importantly, uh, Nestor is dressed as Link because yes. he's having a Link adventure. And Howard shows up as a knight, and knights in the Legend of Zelda franchise are villains. Mm. Almost exclusively fight knights. Yeah, so I'm going to ask you before I like shoot my like accusations of what's going on here. Go for I, it. Well, I'm curious. Like, what does that mean? Like, I'm okay. I can go and throw. I, I think this is a clear inception scenario. Like, Howard is clearly. Uh, he's incepting Nestor. <laughs> he is full on incepting. Like, yeah, I would say full on. He is planting. If we're talking about control, he is full on planting seeds into Nestor's mind uh, through inception. All right, is my read. And you're at. What are you asking me? Uh, do you agree? Like, does that make sense? Like, oh yeah. Like yeah. in in tarot, the knight card is the sign of manipulation and control. <laughs> That's definitely true. So it, it's almost as if um, something has happened where Nestor's been cursed. Like uh, maybe Howard put a spell on him while he's sleeping. Yeah. I, I, uh, or I've also like they keep on implying that they have uh, like legitimately like this is on paper for, for real. They kind of imply that Howard and Nestor might be related. I, I, I've seen in multiple things. It, yeah. They've like alluded to like when it comes up in a thing that's coming up yeah and so i'm like i don't know is 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 nestor like and we have established as well that nestor does uh his parents don't love him slash they're not around oh yeah Uh, and and if you connect those dots that's kind of nestor's like a lab kid it's like howard created howard created nestor in a lab yeah okay yeah and i mean that is what explain his buffness explain why he's 22 years old <laughs> he's a 22 year old with the mind of a child uh, i don't know like there's definitely some conspicuous shit uh, like I, I'm, I would say like clearly that was happening but it's to me it's taking a clear kind of sci-fi it's, it's funny that we're going into a fantasy story because it to me it's 
kind of a sci-fi. Uh, yeah, this is uh, some Assassin's Creed shit here, where the fantasy stuff is going to end, and Nestor is going to be in like a sterile uh, lab with metal floors. Yeah, I can I can see that Assassin's Creed thing. This might I, I can I can see um, maybe Nestor in a future issue. Um, so yeah, it, the, the way this wraps up is uh, you know the knight Howard the knight shows up, which again knights and. The Zelda franchise, almost exclusively villains. I don't. Yeah, and like, I mean, and it's like you could, if you try to rationalize that away, it's like you know, as the tarot cards, they're all like, there's not a scenario where he's not a villain here. Yeah, three of knights is uh, it's like one of the worst cards you can get, and if you're uh, a child in uh, Terra. Well, and even when uh, Howard sneaks up behind him as a knight in this story, it's, it's pretty terrifying. Menacing. It's yeah. like he's going to murder him. Yeah, like I he probably I was, did that on purpose, thinking it would be funny. But you know, like yeah. like abusers do. They they say it's a joke, but it's not. Yes, it's like, hey, why, why are you making a big deal out of this? Um, so yeah, he he tries to give Nestor some unsolicited advice, which we have established that you know, uh, council, what, what is it? Classified information. The section in the magazine is in fact unsolicited gameplay counselor advice, which it makes sense that the person who created the gameplay counselors would want to like enter somebody's dreams. Yeah. It's, well, and, I, uh, force them to hear knowledge about how to play a video. The game. crazy thing is like, this isn't like a little boy annoying Howard. Howard is the one haunting Nestor. Like Nestor's all it, these comics always start with Nestor d- doing his own thing and Howard kind of pops up. So this isn't like a young boy like annoying an adult. It's an adult hovering around to this young kid. Yeah, you got to understand at this point in time, Howard Phillips married, had a dog. I think he had children. Like Did this he? is an adult man. Yeah, that's fucked up. That's like you, you know, it's like it's like he's one a of warehouse things. manager. Wow, yeah, like you see these families, like you see these family people, and you never really know the story behind the smiles. Yeah, and what he does when he goes home for the day in uh, in Redmond, Washington, is he sneaks into Nestor's like whatever um, terrible apartment he lives in in the industrial part of town, where it's just yeah, machine like noise, the, like uh, just black smoke just shooting it like just yeah you can't even see the sky. He it's he like lives the place in- where uh, Ray Ayanami lives in Neon Genesis Evangelion. I haven't seen it. That's you don't need to watch. I'm, it. I'm picturing um, a Final Fantasy VII scenario. He's okay, li- yeah, he's living under the plate. <laughs> Basically, the same. Yeah, like, and he lives in like it's barely a home. He he has like one photograph of another human that he like treasures, even though it's like tattered and half ripped. <laughs> and it's you know, it's like the person who was nice to him at the grocery store in like like when he was 12. And you know, like Howard breaks into Nestor's apartment while he's sleeping and hooks him up to an Inception machine <laughs> and incepts into his dream. Uh, to mess him up with really, more video game knowledge. I, like, I don't even know what his, like, long-term goal is for this. Like, I don't actually know what the point of this Inception was. Like, I don't... I, I Other than just straight up breaking his soul. Like, it seems like we're getting into straight torture, malicious territory here. I, I don't necessarily see the bigger picture yet. Well, I think we can intuit a little bit about what his game, what game Howard is playing by how this comic wraps up, which is that... The advice doesn't go over with Nestor. He he pushes him away in the dream, but in reality, that causes him to um, sexually harass accidentally the librarian. He like bumps into her uh, her, her her booty, her, her butt. Um, yeah, head against oh, booty. I didn't. I forgot. And okay, then, so there's a little bit of a butt action going on that I missed. Yeah, it, 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 I honestly believe is accidental. Yeah, but yeah, like I, she doesn't know that. Oh, I I mean th- th- to be honest, Nestor is not in control of himself at all. Like he's being. 
anything he does is through the is is is, is Howard's decision. Yeah, so it's like, and then she, of course, drags here his ear and is leading him out of the library. Yeah, uh, thoroughly done with his nonsense. So I think where does Nestor end up? He's trying to do his report for school. And he is, uh, you know, through his own childish actions, uh, gained the kind of ire of a librarian who could potentially have a conversation with him and report him to CPS so he could end up in the foster care system. <laughs> so what's happening here is that Howard, through, through his inception, has effectively, like, completely broken down that possible course of events. It's definitely not going to happen. Nestor is going to fail his book report. And uh, he potentially found, like, a parent a parental figure in the librarian that's not going to happen yeah so that's he's it seems like howard is going to do whatever it is possible to make sure Nestor's dependent on him is that is that the game he's playing you think and it's remarkable because he doesn't seem to want to turn Nestor into a functioning person what's most important to him is that Nestor has to take his advice of video games which yes you know if i'm being honest like i think that once again this relationship is is very dysfunctional on top of the manipulation, the incepting, uh, you know, things like that. The high, high concept sci-fi. Yeah, the high concept sci- science fiction dream incepting. Uh, because Howard wants something that he's never going to get. When, what is, uh, Nestor will never take his advice on video games. Come on. Yeah, that's, that's true. Like, that's, it, that's a scary thing. It's like sometimes, like, you know, you get that smile. Like, it's that thing where it's like he seems like this nice guy. I mean, clearly he's getting more villainous as we go on. But it is. It's like the longer Nestor rejects what he wants which is to take his advice are we going to just see him get darker and darker is howard going to just are we going to slowly like how evil will is howard willing to get if nestor is not going to give him what he wants i have to wonder if the if the creators of this comic um had in mind a sort of more modern take on the like Roadrunner and Wiley e. coyote things where you know like are, hmm. are the other um kind of looney tunes cartoons <laughs> Where, uh, <laughs> where you, you have this kind of scheming character that wants something. And it's like, but the truth is, in reality, the coyote would have caught the Roadrunner years ago. Yes. The- but catching it would have been the worst thing that could happen to him. Oh, it's like, what, what does he do after? Yeah. So it's like, I think Howard's going to keep succeeding until he metaphorically or literally ends up standing to the next to a cliff not real, realizing he's crossed crossed over the edge and is about to fall to his death oh yeah like you do like are you, are you are you just pretty much saying do you think there's going to be like 30 issues from now the whole like panel is going to be just howard looking at himself in the mirror and and and, and I, like realizing what what he's become yeah he like slams a fist into the mirror and, or it's uh was it the 25th hour of the edward norton movie where as he's hit rock bottom because he's just totally destroyed his own life. He's going to jail forever. He has that conversation in the mirror with himself. Maybe yeah. it's like that. Yeah, I could see that because, you know, it's like it is. I feel like when people do these terrible things to, you know, uh, some 22-year-old kid. Yeah. Um, you know, you're also doing damage to yourself without, you know, you don't realize it. But every time he's making a decision to be a little bit less human, um, you know, it's, that's what's happening. He's becoming less human every time we see him. Yeah, I don't think he realizes how far he's already crossed over the line. But. I mean, he's obviously justifying this. Stuff. I mean, like, you know, we see this, like, uh, dooming knight, but I'm sure when he looks in the mirror, he's like, oh, I'm this, like, good golden, golden knight. He I'm probably, this good golden perfect knight. Yeah, he, he's probably having conversations with other people 
you know, in his life, adults, other adults that Howard has friendships with because he ostensibly has a normal life. And they're like, man, I think you're taking this too far. And he's just laughing off. Like, he's just not listening to yeah. my video game advice. Yeah, totally. Like, he's like, hey, he didn't listen to my video game advice. So, of course, I inst- of course I accepted him. him. Why? Well, <laughs> he's not. If, if I'm going to make, he's, I'm going to do what I have to do to make him take my advice. I really, um, I'm confident that in the next couple of issues, we're going to see a comic strip that shows what Howard's home is like and where Nestor lives in that uh, kind of Spartan industrial apartment <laughs> that he never cleans. That's It barely feels like a person lives there. Yeah. Um, I, I think Howard's going to live in a place that's like mostly just pictures of Nestor, like a... a like in like long a serial lens. killer way or yeah like long lens photography from like Nestor trying to like live a normal life and um you know his psyche vows um stuff like that yeah i could see that well i i think next episode we're gonna we're gonna it's, i think i i can already feel them i can feel the writers getting ready to show their hand you know like they've been keeping it pretty close to this chest and we i mean we've been we've been reading it uh, they're not getting past us, but no, no, I think they're about to play their hand and really show us what's going on here. I'm really excited. I think the best kind of art is art that's like dark for almost no reason seemingly. And it's just really cruel to its characters and really cynical. Like, yes, I love like web series about hitmen who are roommates and stuff like that. Yes. And I think that this is very much, you know, like, uh, uh any kind of crime crime thing where somebody accidentally shoots somebody in a head in the head. Uh, I, I think that's like the, that's as good as art gets. And, and I feel like this is um, honoring that kind of story philosophy. I, I agree. I, I think this is like, if we looked at its counterpoint, uh, its counter like creation, uh, Captain Nintendo, RIP, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, that, that, yeah, book, didn't bring it that back. book didn't stick around. That's gone. And yet Howard and Esther are still. Yeah. And that was like optimistic. It was about it was, office yeah, life. It was like, like, this is, it was a good, it was like, this is, this is a little more real. Yeah, I would say. Show me a cast of characters uniformly heroin addicts, like every single one of them. I mean, yeah, we're not on far off in these stories. I mean, yeah. they're getting. In fact, I would say they're getting, uh, you know, more malicious. It's not self destruction; it's destruction of others, and it's. Uh, when does Nestor break into some children's homes? But you know, like they're, it's it's just outside of a strip club at a truck stop in Kansas. You know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's just and and I and I also at this point of, the, of this, so since we know Inception has happened, we don't know if he's still in a dream or not. Oh so, my God, like, that's no matter right. what happens, that's right. That's always in the back pocket. So, what a brilliant well, catch, for, Brett. That so, was oh my God. So, and like he's clearly not self-aware. He doesn't like have like a top to spin, and you know we don't have any gimmick here. Yeah, so, all bets are off from this so, point on. Uh, reality from this point on is going to get a little all over the place. So I we're not going to know what's real and what's not. So what do you think? The specific idea Howard is out to incept into Nestor is here. So, sorry, can you say that again? So, in Inception, yes, the one of the greatest movies ever made. Even though there's almost no heroine in it, yeah, um, the Inception is the heroine. That's it's the metaphor. A, yeah, because yeah, yeah, they go to the there's a metaphor. They there. go to the Inception place <laughs> where everyone's hanging out and doing. It's like yeah, an opium. Everyone's drink. addicted to Inception. Um, yeah, so. <laughs> so 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 I guess the metaphor is there. So it is a great movie as yeah, a result. And that's uh, why it's good. And um, the the idea that they're putting into what's his face's head is I will break up my father's company. Yes, Tilly Murphy's character. Um, that's the what they're incepting. So I guess what the big question on my mind as we go further down this rabbit hole is what is Howard out to incept 
into Nestor. Yes, like what is the idea? And so, I mean, the most obvious one is going to be just um, Nintendo advice. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> it's absolutely it is um, it is something about uh, you know a ninety nine life hack in Super Mario Brothers one. <laughs> it's probably the first thing that Nestor refused to learn from Howard. Yes, uh, yeah, like I, I think, um, and and the tough thing now too is like looking at this. I, I, I tr- truly can't say uh, if the, even the past panels are technically in reality or not. But um. <laughs> it's true. I, it's um, the rug has been pulled out. There's just like nothing. What is real? Like I could see us like having Nestor wake up, and it's we're back to the first issue. We're back to the first comic, and. Uh, but instead of him rejecting it, he just simply takes the advice, and that's the end of their story. Oh my god, that would be an incredible ending! But yeah, I. Uh, Is there anything else that you want to cover in this in this masterpiece? No, I mean, I, I think we pretty much hit everything. I know. It, I mean, I could write a book about what's yeah, happened in we the could last keep five going. issues. I mean, we could go over like potential theories, like like some fan theories and stuff like what we assume could happen. But there, I, there, I did notice several other references to tarot. I'm sure that's something that's going somewhere yes. I, in the previous <laughs> comics. I mean, um, and you know, I, I love tarot and like know it really, uh, specifically. So that would be another, I mean, we should just do. Okay. So I actually, I, I have to my only other th- like thing I'm curious, it kind of feels like tarot, like how mm-hmm. much, how, how many more issues until Nestor's dead? <laughs> I'm going to give it like five. <laughs> five more. I think he makes it five. Is, um, it, is tarot, is it like the Grim Reaper card? It means you're going to die soon? Is, yep. Is that? That's the most, yeah, that, that is definitely a tarot card, uh, is, is uh, the Grim Reaper. And it means you're going to die. Uh, he's got like a scythe. A, not a lot of people know this, but there's a kind of a apocryphal uh, tarot card. Okay. Called the uh, Sunshine. What's apocryphal mean? Uh, it means that it's like not officially it's like controversial that it even exists it's like the dead oh. sea scrolls in the bible where okay, it's like this- there's extra there's extra books in the bible that are around you know like in the new testament or something but like everyone's like these are too messed up we can't leave them in oh so man. there's apocryphal wow. tarot cards not a lot of people know this one of them's called the sunshine what does it mean it, it's like a smiling sun that w- it, does- it's like the opposite of death Oh really? So it's like why is that why is that controversial? Uh you know I'm not sure. Like it, it, is it just like it's too happy? It's like if you get that card it's like you're good. You like you're going to you're you're scot free, don't worry. Um Yeah, that's it's probably people don't expect good news from tarot cards. Yeah, they you, they want it to be like a gauntlet that ends with the possibility of love. <laughs> or the possibility of riches. So there's like, if there's a whole suit of tarot cards, that's just like stuff's fine. You're happy as you are, and it's like, no, that's no. Yeah, it's like it's. I mean, that's kind of like the uh, modern day news where it's like, if it's not like doomy, I, you know, the brain gets bored. Yeah, you go watch something uh, a little more mature and intelligent, like uh, the Twenty Fifth Hour, starring Edward Norton. <laughs> Okay, yeah. Uh clearly like again, this I mean they're uh uh you know, they're these 
comics are becoming uh, double decker two pages and the art style is going up and the story just in, in, increasingly more nuanced so i think the hats the, off the biggest problem in nintendo p right now at issue five is that howard and nestor is only two pages i'm i'm ready for like a full like 60 page howard and nestor um uh comic centric issue yeah agreed it, it definitely needs to happen here we go more features. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so right off the bat, next we have the classified information. Just Unsolicited game tips. Come on, cheat codes. This really has, a, over the course of the magazine, they have shaken these out so they feel more different, where classified info is specifically cheat codes, little hacks, little tricks, whereas Counselor's Corner is how to beat this hard boss. Yeah, totally. It's like advice versus, yeah, tricks, mm-hmm. cheats secret areas uh, let's see and they also separated these sections for the first time in this issue which is great because they're kind of the same in a lot of ways yeah so they put them on either side of uh, uh maybe they were together in the last one never mind yeah it, they got I mean, there it's that i don't they keep on changing the order i yeah I'm, I'm ready for them to hit like their decisions <laughs> but we'll see how long that takes if that, just, if that ever happens just pick one yeah Beasley next again. This is normally the very last thing, but the top thirty, like that's our, yeah. that's that's usually the that this is really breaking format here. It's a very exciting game ranking this month. What are we doing? The top five? Yeah, I, I'm good with the top five because there's a brand new contender in number five. Hell yeah, there is. We got motherfucking Contra. Contra. <laughs> here we go. Contra deserves to be up here. It's real good. I, you think it seems like the trend has been like kind of a slow climb. Like, it seems like games kind of slowly, like, because a lot of these games that are at the top were at the bottom a while ago. So it seems like Contra may continue to climb up. We'll see. Yeah, I think there's one unsurprising development here that we'll get, we'll, we'll yeah. get to it. But yeah, I, I do think that the good stuff, people are kind of finding it organically, where it's like, oh, Contra's one yeah. of the best games on the NES, I a guess. A little word of mouth situation. And yeah, Mike Tyson's at number four, and that's... That's come, it's climbed back up. Little Mac is the rookie. The rookie's still got some fighting at him. Keep keep it keep it up, buddy. <laughs> keep it up, buddy. And at uh, number three, we got the Legend of Zelda. I never thought it would drop this low. I know. I'm pretty surprised that I thought it would just be at number one the whole time. But uh, number two, it's been uh, beaten by its counterpart, Zelda Two: The Adventure of Link. Congratulations. The, they almost scored the same though, which is really interesting to me. They're both about 5,500 points. Well, I wonder if they're kind of splitting the boat. You know, like, since there's two Zeldas to choose from, it kind of, like, maybe they're taking away, like, they're taking away the hit from each other. Oh, it's like a third-party candidate. A little candidate bit of my theory, in yeah. An election, yeah. So, uh, take, taking the vote from the similar one. Yeah, I, I think that a little bit of that could be going on. But even if that wasn't happening, number one, it's a clear, again, a clear, clear, clear blowout. It's a horrifying score, 22,000 points. And that's Super Mario Bros. 2, just dominating the competition. I didn't know that this game was such a hit. Like, I, I, always, I always thought this was, like, the weird, like, second game that came out that no one played. That's, but, what, that it, that's what it is, though, right? Yeah. It, it just it, feels weird for it to have... 
almost five times as many votes as the number two. Do you think even everyone who's voting for it is even playing it, or do you, like it? Like, because this is these are just like kids voting for it. I don't know if this is like a real reflection on like sales or like what really is like hot right now. But. Haha! But we can actually find that a couple of pages later because in the top thirty. They break out the voting by different categories of voters. So they have the players' picks, which is the kids, which actually they voted punch out number one. Okay. And then you have the pros, which are the adult video game people. <laughs> like maybe just the counselors, even? Yeah, I don't may- know. maybe. And then, of course, uh, my favorite column, the dealers' picks, <laughs> which uh, it's clear that they are the ones that catapulted Super Mario Brothers to the top because they. By a factor of seventeen, that's the 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 second place is Blades of Steel, which is a good game, with something like fifteen hundred votes. And Super Mario Brothers Two has seventeen thousand. <laughs> so yeah, holy shit! Clearly, oh my God. they they just, the dealers are like pulling a coup here. They can't sell enough of that Nintendo tape, and so I think that that's what really happened here. Is like. Everyone else, the votes are much more spread out between different games, but they clearly are just like, everybody's buying this game. I can't sell enough of them. Are they giving too much power to the dealers, do you think? Because it really does. Yeah, now that you pointed it out, it seems like the dealers really just hijacked the show here. Do you yeah. Think- it's, I think it's good that they're listening to these businesses and <laughs> taking their votes. I am still a little weirded out that is is this mom and pop again you know i feel like we've discussed this before but is this mom and pop shops where it's like the guy that runs you know play games usa yeah, you know, know in like, the strip mall next to the kroger or is it like the, the single buyer at walmart gets 10,000 votes <laughs> <laughs> and like they they have little art so like the player there's a little kid picture that's like hey this is kind of representing there's a the lot of, of people. shirtless hunks in this magazine there's a lot actually but the, the pros are like these older guys the dealers look villainous i'm gonna be honest like they always have so? a little bit yeah like they just kind of seem like kind of salesmany. they look they look like car salesmen they they have looked very uh wall street in past issues yeah it's a little wall street super wall street and i didn't notice this but i don't know how i didn't notice but you are right there's a lot of buff just seemingly for no reason just pictures of buff men <laughs> yeah my note my note here says in my notes what the flip is up with the art for this one <laughs> so it's just a bunch of buff guys well fucking wild all right okay so we got the power pad again do we um there's a giant giant commercial for the power pad with uh it looks like they did a bunch of lifestyle photography to advertise the power pad where they have everybody in matching outfits playing these games. Yeah, it kind of looks like, I feel like, what every game board like picture looks like. Like a family playing Monopoly together. And they all are wearing the same red yeah. shirt. Like, I think they, they got that crew to make this. Yeah, it's... it's um, Not even... They have the same colored socks on. They are, they're all wearing red socks. That's a little weird, and they're they're doing like twister poses on the power pad, but only one at a time. <laughs> yeah, they're they're literally just playing twister right now. But if there's only one of them on the twister board, it's not twister. Oh, but okay, but they're playing a twister. They're playing some dance game. It seems uh, dance aerobics game. Right. So yeah, makes a little bit of sense. Video shorts. Cal- hey, back to California games, a classic. I don't know. Look at that rating they gave it. <laughs> Pretty bad. 
Here, let me go back. Play controls to 2.5. That's out of five. That's not good. Maybe that game's really bad. Yeah, I, I, I don't have the highest expectation for a game that has a minigame called Footbag. It's Hacky Sack. Why did you... Like, yeah, it's Hacky Sack, like, license. Like, can you not can you not have, say, Hacky Sack in a game? That seems like... I just don't understand the rename here. should ask the Ocean King <laughs> when, we, when we see him next. All right, uh... It's time yeah. for for Nest Journal. Yeah, there's oh they have a they actually have a little fun little uh, snippet here. Uh, this, is a, this is a clever little a little, fun. little little having a little fun with us readers. <laughs> the I'd say maybe the most half-hearted prank of all time because this is the April issue, so they do a little bit of an April Fools. Like they announce a bunch of fake games. What? I don't want to spoil the surprise for our audience, uh, but yes, oh, it is. Shoot, they're I'm announcing sorry. fake games and then. Yeah, it turns out to be an April Fool's. Well, journey. they they very quickly play their hand as well. They they, they, they do. Like, yeah. <laughs> at the end of the article, they're like, "It's April Fool's." Like just it, kidding. It felt like they were giving. It was like a Christmas or like a birthday where like the parent gets too eager and shows give like gives too many hints of what the present's gonna be because like they like halfway through the article it's like oh, it's April Fool. Like they 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 really don't sit. Just in, kidding. They don't sit in the joke very long. Uh, of uh like they 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 made a bunch of fake games like one of them's called mommy kong and it's like donkey kong but you're just you're a mom yeah i i i did i actually laughed at one of these oh really which was the russian hat rack game which pits your hat tossing skills against those of a trained bear named sasha <laughs> i think that's pretty good I, I i actually did find this section to be somewhat charming i'll, I'll not ironically, I was like, that's a little bit charmed. Not not to a crazy degree, but I, I feel like this is a I, I did start to wonder if perhaps uh a bear named Sasha is like a pop culture reference that we just don't know because we're too young. That's likely. Uh because that would really make it less funny. Yeah, because it's like you're just doing the pop culture reference. Yeah, versus just some a but real it, crazy Yeah, story. but if somebody just cooked up this this non sequitur pretty great yeah totally i mean no matter what i appreciate i i i'll be honest as you know as the viewers or the listeners gonna get that you know i spoiled it before they i mean they if you read it it they don't really sit in the bed i kind of wish they would have just committed to april fools and just guarantee that they're gonna i mean they do say elsewhere in the magazine that they're like i think they have to guide their readers a little bit (laughs) and maybe not play tricks on them because their readers are not super savvy because a lot of them are very young yeah yeah, that's uh, so a good point. Maybe they're like, we are saving ourselves twenty five thousand letters. Or aren't there like scenarios where like the April Fools like really kick like the joke item or product or whatever really like blows up and then they actually end up making it? Like that, hasn't that, that has happened? happened before? Yeah, I can't think of any examples, but I remember hearing stories of that. That sounds like something that Hmm. I, I am drawing a blank, but I am certain that has happened at least a couple of times. Yeah, I know. I remember hearing like just reading articles, and like that would have been kind of funny if like there's an NES game out there that was a April Fool's joke that like took off. Nestor's Funky Bowling is an <laughs> April Fool's joke for the Virtual Boy. Uh, speaking of Howard and Nestor, there's uh, here's kind of a little bit of a plot twist scenario. That's right, because they have a, a trivia test here. One of the questions. For this uh, this little quiz, is Nestor the son of Howard Phillips? And the answers are, and I actually do, I find the answers here charming. Is it A, yes, note the family resemblance. B, no, Nestor is Howard's little brother, note the family resemblance. C, no, though there does seem to be a strong resemblance, 
D. No. Nestor is a fictional character created by Howard Phillips. His name means Iniester, though there is a strong family resemblance. Huh. And the correct answer is D. Okay, so they're not related because Nestor's not real. <laughs> I didn't know Nestor's name was a play on the NES. I, I somehow did not connect that those dots. It's true. Iniester. Iniester. Uh, okay, was... so debunk. They're not. They're not related. There's. Um, Howard's just uh, really interested in the kid. Yeah, Jesus. This Christ. is like some Robin Williams in one hour yeah, photo like, stuff. I feel like I need to step in and be like, dude, leave the fucking leave that kid alone. He's it's, he's just a twenty two year old boy. He doesn't understand. <laughs> he doesn't understand what you're doing to him. There. Oh, there's. Oh, it's the next. And we got. We got a. Uh, um, uh, sacrilegious link with a upside down cross shield. Oh wait, where's that? <laughs> uh, there's like a uh, check the difference picture. Oh yeah, he has and a uh, uh, you know a link on the left side and the link on the right side, and and you have to spot the differences. And one has link with the up uh, like I always forget that it, his original she has has a cross on it, and then the different version of him has the upside down cross. I did. Can we jump back to the trivia test really quick? Oh yeah, go for it. There was something here where I was like, what? which was, there was a thing about stuff that happened at their office. Number six, was Nintendo on strike? Did it burn down? Was it buried in an earthquake? Or did any other catastrophic event take place at Nintendo during Christmas 1987? The correct answer is, oh, never mind. I I misread the answer. I thought it was all of those, and I started looking up natural disasters in Kyoto or Nintendo of Japan. Never mind, let's move on. Oh, man. Give me the slide whistle. Little April Fool's. You got April. You got April fooled. <laughs> so embarrassed. I just wanted him to have to suffer through an earthquake. We've got the Nintendo Power Awards. Finally, kind of fun. Yeah, they're doing like it, a little like Game of the Year scenario. The the illustration of Howard up on stage in a cute little tux with his bow tie and a dog with a bow tie and like five people in the audience makes it look like they are holding these awards at like a courtyard Marriott off the New Jersey Turnpike. <laughs> yeah, they they didn't get the full new. Uh, uh, Las Vegas venue here. It's the first time they're doing it. It's a little scrappy. It's a little scrappy. They, you know, Nestor's there, which, you know, it's not a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> Nestor's covering it for his journalism job. Yeah. Which is why it's only one page of information. <laughs> but, yeah, this is it's fun. And I, I'm in for a little game awards. Let's see what, what like, I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely curious on what's going to win. Um, yeah, so am I. Oh, this goes back to what we were talking about earlier, where I was utterly confused about um, the release dates of uh, those Zelda games. Yeah, they're both. Yeah, so this would go back uh, uh, for like best game. Both Zeldas are up for game of the year here. That's that's wild to me. I want to see. So the first one came out. Let me see here. Oh, you're right. Legend of Zelda was 86. Adventure of Link was 87. The oh, it's the Japanese releases because I think in the U.S. they were further apart. Okay, I think Zelda was like eighty-seven, and Adventure of Link just came out in the magazine, which would have been like late eighty-eight. Oh, that's still, still a year. Still a year difference. You know what? Yeah, it's it. I, it just kind of blew my mind. Uh, I, I I do think this is what, why I'm not a computer programmer. Do you want to make predictions? Uh, oh, about what's going to win? Yeah. Let's take a look. Uh, one thing I'm really confused by is like, who, what do you win? Because it says you're entering a, a contest by putting in your votes. Oh, really? Which means it's this. Um, oh, hang on. We got. 
Players pull contest. It's the players pull contest, but we don't know what they win, so maybe it's nothing. Yeah. Huh. Uh, yeah, let's let's go through here. Uh, I feel like if I was a kid, I, I wouldn't need an incentive and award. Uh, I think I'd be excited to vote for my favorite game. So do you want to each take turns on these? Um, each one gets a, uh, a topic, like I'll take best graphics and sound, yeah. and you take... So... And then maybe we both do best game. Perfect. Yeah. So uh, best graphics and sound, the nominees they picked are Double Dragon, Simon's Quest, Metroid, Blaster Master, Wizards and Warriors... I don't know, man. Of these, I got to go with probably Blaster Master is probably the best looking and sounding game of the bunch. Okay. Yeah, we'll take it. I, I think we're going to rapid fire these first ones. So I would say best challenge. I'm going to just go ahead. Uh, this is a popularity contest. So I'm going to say The Legend of Zelda. Oh, you think so? Yeah, I mean, it's bold, but I'm going to go for it. What, what, what do you got for best theme slash fun? Best theme or fun? Which of these is the most fun? Probably Super Mario Brothers 2. Okay. So then we got best play controller. I'm going to I'm going to throw Castlevania in there. Oh man. Well, I'm taking some wild swings here. All right. Okay, best character. I think this is worth listing the whole list though. This is, okay. this is an interesting one. We've got it's between Link, Mega Man, Samus, mm. Mario, Duke to go, <laughs> Simon Belmont, Commander Joe, uh Kuros, Jason, Kuros, yeah. and then Master Higgins. Uh, who do you think the best character is? Well, I know who I think the best character is, but I think Mario's going to win. Yeah. <laughs> who it, do you think the best character is? Uh, mm, I'm feeling Master Higgins right this second. <laughs> For whatever reason, probably because we just it. played some Adventure Island. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of, I want a dude in a leaf skirt. <laughs> with a baseball with a trucker's cap on okay yeah that, that is bad. the best character on this list he's better than gogo better than mario better than simon belmont i think mario's gonna win though i agree oh. best ending is an interesting one have you i'm not sure i've seen the ending of any of these games yeah i didn't know they had uh, castlevania i've seen just because the the credits are s- such a weird curiosity because it's all joke names instead of the actual people that worked on it oh really so there's kind of this weird mystery solving aspect to figuring out who did what on Castlevania. Wow. That's, that's, that's funny. Yeah. The names are like, uh, you know, music by Frank Einstein. And it's like, <laughs> no, who did it? Does, the music is good. It's Castlevania. Like, is that game kind of like goofy? It's got, or is it just the credits that they decided to get all, get all goofy on us. All the Nintendo Castlevania games have a old universal monsters film aesthetic. So like the title screens have like film, perforations on the side huh. so i think that was in keeping with that ah okay got it uh i'm gonna say best ending would be i mean i, I i've got no information i'm gonna say blaster master okay just well i'm shot in the dark we see what happens with the frog and the guy oh yeah i actually do remember like thinking the story was cool okay what, what do we think the best best versus game Oh, man. I, I got to go Blades of Steel here, although Double Dribble is a very similar game. Yeah, I, I would have gone one of the sports games, I would say, for this. Yeah, that's kind of a... Like, Wheel of Fortune was nominated as, like, a, a gimme to uh, Pat Sajak or something. <laughs> yeah, the Wheel of Fortune is then, screwed. And we have, like, yeah, overall game winners. Uh, we got a list here. I'll, I'll list them out. Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link, The Legend of Zelda... <laughs> Gogo 13, Super Mario Brothers 2, Mega Man, Double Dragon, Mike Tyson's Punch Oot, Metroid, Blaster Master, or Bionic Commando. Um, 
Well, my answer of like what I actually think that I think that my actual vote would probably go for Legend of Zelda here. But going off of the uh, the top five we've been getting, it seems like unless the deal, maybe the dealers are really trying to like mess with their brains here. Yeah. Uh, so it it seems like They're trying Super to Mario make Bros. a hit too. happen. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to say Super Mario Bros. too. Yeah, it's but probably that. This might be the dealers manipulating me, uh, like Howard and Nestor kind of scenario. This might. We'll, I, we'll see. I mean, the truth is, Mega Man Double Dragon both have better sequels coming. Yeah, out. that's what I was going to say. Like, Mega Man's great, but the two is the, like, that's when they really hit their stride, right? I think it's going to be Gogo. <laughs> cool. All right, let's do it. Uh, <laughs> Here, here's something that blew my mind. What would be your favorite? What, would, what would, do you think your actual favorite game of, of that list would be? Oh, you're saying I was joking when I said Gogo 13? <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking you're joking there. All right, yeah. It's a uh, Blaster Master is really hard. I think Metroid's probably actually of this bunch. Like, if it's me as a little kid playing yeah. these games, like, I think Metroid's probably the one I would pick up first. Although it'd be close with Legend of Zelda. Legend of Zelda's fun. I mean, for, like, an old game. I never beat Metroid. I beat Legend of Zelda. Okay. I think it's the only one on here. No, I beat Super Mario Brothers 2 also. Do you ever beat Mega Man? Mega Man. Uh, Mega Man. No, that game's hard. <laughs> that game's really hard. Yeah. This next page, that's me getting my balls rocked to Mega Man. Uh, Okay, Uh, this next page is amazing because we pointed out in the holiday issue just how insane the prizes were at that uh, November-December issue. They they gave away, like, so many games and stuff. It was just tons and tons of prizes. Yeah. Well, in this issue, we finally get to see who won them, and it's so many winners that they literally can't fit on the page. They had to put them in a separate, like the back half of the list later in the magazine. Yeah, wild. Uh, so we're just going to read through all these. Every single name. Yep. I'm just kidding. It'll be about as long as... Um, uh, who's your favorite winner uh, from this list? Do you from, have a favorite? Yeah, here, let me, let me, let me take a look. I'm going to say, for me, it's... Oh, actually, it's the font's so small I can't read it. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, it's, let's it's, move on. It's blurred in my uh, copy of the magazine. <laughs> All right, well, I guess... Oh, uh, that's unfortunate. That was going to be... I'm sorry, listener. I feel like we really let you down there. I know you were probably looking forward to my choice there. Do you, maybe give yours. Yeah, I'm just going to get closer to my laptop. I'm going to go with Ian Alvarez from California. Nice. All right. <laughs> I wish I had an applause sound effect. <laughs> Awesome. All right. A little anticlimactic. Hey, and they also took the time after they've already shown us the system to explain the new rating system to us. Yeah. uh, The genius is uh, explain it after showing it. It's true. So, yeah, it's it's broken down. It's a score of one to five game pro rules, if you will. Yeah. It's very, like, honestly, kind of archaic. Like, wait, like, this was kind of like, I'm not, you know, like, unless the graphics are specifically good nowadays, they don't bring that up in a review this is definitely a 90s kind of thing where they used to do uh the the total score that a game got was like an aggregate an average across multiple categories yeah it would be like sound one out of ten and you know if the sound got a ten it's really gonna up that game uh when they actually start making game pro magazine we'll have to take a look at their rating system because they do this one to five rating system across multiple categories but it's like little faces. And the five guy is a dude with like spiky hair that is like having an orgasm, basically. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. Uh, 
I kind of want to cut that out of the podcast, but whatever. Yeah, well, maybe we'll cut it out. Yeah, leave it in. Um, he's having a. He's really excited, or he's being shocked with electricity. Uh, yeah, it feels like very like. Yeah, because the face you would make. If you're, so okay, we're going to confirm that's an orgasm face. I don't think it's an orgasm face because oh, it would be so? yeah because he's like ecstatic as opposed to like you know or like oh, whatever. Well, you're having bad orgasms. <laughs> You have an orgasm like you're uh, t- like doing a da- downhill screaming. jam in the bay on, yeah. a, on a longboard, like having the time <laughs> of your life going 60 miles an hour on a skateboard. Yeah, that's me. Um, right. Let's mark that section to <laughs> okay. uh, increase the volume of it. Uh, Make sure everybody can hear. Yeah, it's, it feels very like fifth grade essay. <laughs> like the, these, these kind of like older ranking the sound and the yeah, graphics it feels because everybody knows that if it's the best looking game you've ever seen but the gameplay is terrible that's a five out of ten <laughs> yeah all right it's we feel in uh now that we're done talking about orgasms do we want to go to the video spotlight yeah yeah we're here at the video spotlight and here's some pictures of children <laughs> yeah great segue here yes <laughs> okay i've got one i gotta call one person out here Okay, go. One person named Kristen or Christian. I don't Christian. Know. Christian. Christian right. uh, calls himself as Christian. Is that a is that a guy's name? Is Christian? Christian's a guy's yeah. name. Okay, it's from Puerto uh, Rico. Calls himself I'm sorry, PR Master K mm-hmm. in, in the description, and he's like, people know me as Master K. He's like, I'm a power player. People call me Master K, but he doesn't write out. He he his sign off is just Christian. He doesn't have the um, the boldness to sign off as Master K as well, Do you and th- I think that's kind of a kind of a. Uh, a uh, I'm, I'm feeling uh, that kind of know, uncomfortable. Like I don't want to. I don't know if I can do this. Like, I just said I was awesome, but maybe I'm not. Yeah, like he just kind of like he he came out of the gates hot, calling himself Master K. It's true, and yeah, kind of whimpers at the end. Well, here's to you, Christian. I I, I feel that I feel that like that is. That is an um, a emotional state I can relate to. <laughs> like, oh, a massive stroke of overconfidence followed by an understroke of it? I've, I've just said something in front of an audience, and now I feel like I'm a liar. <laughs> and I should probably take it back before somebody <laughs> finds out what I have done. <laughs> All right. I, I can dig that. Uh, I was surprised by uh, actually the very next letter from Vance E. Evans in Salt Lake City, Oot. It's Oot for Utah. Um, My son Kelly has been playing video games since he was three. So this letter, it feels like Vance is worried his kid is going to good son him, which is uh, a situation. It's like if your son is evil. And you're a little afraid of how powerful they are <laughs> like because you- yeah, he's, he's kind of just bewildered. Cause this kid has like numerous max scores in games. He got the max score in super Mario brothers. He's beating these games in like a day. I think this, this dad's a little bit like, <laughs> isn't that, isn't that great? My son can kill somebody just by saying their name out loud. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love my boy. My son spoke perfect English at two years old. Oh man. That was, he's so talented. Uh, I keep finding uh, squirrels nailed to the sides of trees in our backyard. Just, <laughs> uh, I hope that's not my son. Yeah, like there's um, there's a level of like, if you have this gifted child, if it's, I mean, I don't, I don't know if uh, hammering squirrels on walls means a gifted child. That's more psycho stuff. Yeah, but 
like I don't know. Like if 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 you have a kid who's like two years old who's like the best Mario player of all time, are you proud of him or are you scared of him? Yeah, yeah. That's uh, I mean that's kind of terrifying. I mean if if a kid can read your thoughts, if a kid's can, really good at wizards and warriors. Wait a minute, I was looking for a. Uh... I, I I I get your read. I'm with you. Mario's. Should, do you want to hear the end of that logic puzzle? Do you want to hear the solution to it? Yeah, shoot it my way. Uh, uh, what was it? String? Yeah, so she, Julie is on an island in the middle of a lake. How did she get off the lake completely dry by using a piece of string? Oh, I thought you said... Okay, I misheard the riddle. Oh. Okay, so I thought you said she can't get wet. Like that's She that's, can't get wet. Yeah, she has to get out of there without getting wet. Okay, okay. I thought you, that you were saying that's like an ability of hers. But what you're saying is I have to figure out how to get her out of this island without getting wet. Yeah. Oh, okay. That changes things. I still oh. don't know it, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's recontacted. All right. Well, it, it's time. We're going we're gonna to bring it home. Um, the truth was the lake was frozen. She was using the string to tie ice skates. Yeah. That's how logic puzzles work. Nah. You always hear the answer and you're irritated at the end. Well, there's different, like, there's one actually good logic puzzle is, uh-huh. like, the, um, the, the, two, uh, the two doors. One has a treasure behind it. One has your immediate death. One doorkeeper always tells the truth. Uh, one that, always tells a lie. Like in Labyrinth. Yeah, and that's more logic-based. That's not, like, if there's no trick involved. It's just a logic puzzle. See, when I was growing up, when critical thinking was a big deal, that's a callback. Apparently, that kind of obtuse logic puddle, puzzle that requires you to address your assumptions about the situation they're in yeah. was like the evidence that a kid was smart. <laughs> uh, and what you're describing is like a kind of the Greco-Roman equivalent, which is like, okay, you're in a labyrinth with a monster, and the only way out is to find, you know, <laughs> go through this door, and this one always lies, this one tells us, how do you do it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I feel like the first one is just like any kid who's good at that is annoying. <laughs> yeah, it, I remember a lot of uh, like the GT classes that we were in. We'd all just sit there after lunch guessing at this thing for like half an hour until the teacher would just give us the answer, and then we'd go on to the next one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, that, yeah, that's not my kind of like. I like there's there's a lot of logic puzzles that are a lot more like kind of straight up mathematical that I, that I like. Um, yeah, I, I don't want it to be like. And it was a dream. I mean, I don't need plot twists in my riddles. The the always lies, always tells the truth. One is a similar type of thing where it's like once you know the answer, it's good. But then you're, but theoretically, you're saying you could figure it out. Yeah, you could. Like I think with like a pen and paper, like there's a lot of logic puzzles with pen and paper. Like oh, thinking you could, about the logic, you could game theory the door one. Yeah. Okay. That, yeah, that, so, that's what I'm saying. So you're you're uh, you're in a fantasy kingdom, and you got to get across this bridge. And sure enough, there's a troll there, and you're like, "Oh man!" He's like, "You must answer these three riddles." The first one, um, and he flips through a book of mind mind benders or whatever. <laughs> With magic, he summons a big old book. I remember going looking online for a bunch of logic puzzles, like the one that I I remembered from when I was little. Yeah, yeah. And if I remember correctly people had made their own and it was like one of those websites where you could just submit stuff and they were all terrible. Yeah. I, cause I, they were, you know, like I feel like you could eventually get to a line of questioning that would let you realize that you have the season wrong and the lake is frozen. Yes. But the ones there is just like, I don't know. It was Tuesday, 1987. Da, 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 and it's just like, what? 
It's like kids trying to write jokes, but yeah, joke, like, joke structure is a ways down the line. Yep. Well, that riddle was a disappointment, so let's keep moving. I just, every fun game I try to play on this <laughs> podcast, you're just whelmed by the ball. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I like riddles. It was fun. No, I like that you're honest. <laughs> I like that you're honest that you didn't like it. I know, I, I, I did. I, I, I didn't like the answer. I liked doing a riddle. I didn't like the answer. To you the felt riddle. cheated. I felt cheated. Okay. I, felt, I felt robbed. We don't, we don't have much left. We just have the pack watch, the preview oh, of the oh, upcoming we the, games. This power player is from my hometown. Oh, what, what, what? Uh, or very near it, at least. Rockford, Illinois. I'm from Roscoe, which is very, very close. You mean Rockford, Ill? Rockford, Ill. That's, that's it. That's, Does he look like a I, dude I, who'd be from your hometown? Yeah, I honestly, I got kind of excited, and I was like, I wonder if I know anyone with the same last name. I, like, wow. I, I spent about five minutes seeing if I could track this person down. Uh, could you failed yeah it was a it was a quick i i after a couple of minutes i gave up but yeah so that's just that because huh. how cool would that have been if i found this power player yeah we could have found him find him on facebook i thought i was really gonna try doing that and like surprising you with like hey i've got like a secret interview uh but didn't didn't pan out turns out he's an anti-vaxxer <laughs> probably oh no maybe from my hometown probably <laughs> <laughs> Uh, normally I, I wouldn't have a lot to say about the pack watch, but this announces a really cool thing, which is that, uh, Capcom n- gives notice that they're doing a bunch of Disney license games. And these Capcom license games are really good. These turn out to be like legendary NES games. Like oh, DuckTales. Yeah, no DuckTales is. Rescue uh, Rangers also. Rescue Rangers is also pretty good. Uh, Adventures in Disneyland, I don't think is. Yeah, I've never, I haven't even heard of that one. Yeah, that that was I just wanted to call that out. That Batman game you just tried is in here too, the Sunsoft Batman tie-in. Oh, cool. From the era when licensed games were good and they're about to get really bad for like 10 years, so <laughs> maybe 20 years. Yeah, so there's also uh everyone's favorite Scott Pilgrim band name The Clash of Demon Head is in here. Ooh, yeah, they talk about pinball games, which I feel like these were the games. We I had a Nintendo very briefly in my childhood and we had like 20 pinball games. So I, I probably played all these pinball games they mentioned, but Pinbot, super well, Pinbot's a real pinball machine. And also, your uh, second favorite game series they mentioned, Dragon Quest, is coming to the U.S. as Dragon Warrior. Uh, oh yeah, Pack Watch. Look at that, Dragon Quest. We'll get to see how it sells. Yeah, but it's not going to be Nintendo good. Power, famously known for pointing out when a game bombs really bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, instead of a letter from Howard Phillips. On page 105 here, normally when it's like, coming in the next issue, it's this, this, and this. And then at the bottom, it's a letter from Howard. He's like, hey, everybody, I, I did this business trip this month. Instead, it's just the rest of the contest winners. <laughs> <laughs> so they replaced Howard Phillips talking about expensing business lunches with, just, uh, with like 25. That's fun. Like, I think it's like 200 names. It's yeah, like so many. Big winners. Uh, oh, next issue, though. We got some cool, we got some big games, actually. Oh, uh, yeah. Me- uh, Mega Man 2, I'm super excited for. I hear good things. Uh, and then, t- t- is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle game good? Is that like a classic? This one... I know there's like one good one, but is that on the Super Nintendo? Th- this one is not one of... I feel like my... We'll talk about this one. Okay, next well, okay, yeah, no spoilers. You uh, can hear in my voice the conflicted, yeah. kind of hurt, but it also like... Oh man, it's my brother, but he also ran somebody over yesterday. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> he's got to go to jail now, it, and he kind of deserves it. 
That's you know that's why we do this podcast for the more complicated taste. I still love my brother who did a manslaughter. <laughs> uh, and also, I mean, check out this ad on the back trying to get people to subscribe their friends, and it's got a picture of what presumably is a gameplay counselor on some kind of space station. He's surrounded by monitors, and he's got this amazing silver jacket, this bomber jacket that I really want. Honestly, that is kind of a cool jacket. This. We know this isn't what Nintendo's offices look like. They yeah. staged this. Where is it? They just, yeah, I don't know why. Because like, even the jacket has like a space-like vibe to it. I don't know why they're like trying to associate the gameplay counselors with there, space. There's one game counselor who lost a bet. Maybe this is Clarence. <laughs> it's Clarence. It's like, Clarence, you drew the short straw. You have to go into the vault. <laughs> and you have to into space. You have to beat the adventures of Bayou Billy to find all the secrets for us before the next issue comes out. Yeah, and they just bury him in the desert. I guess, like, I mean, they are trying to, like, build up the magic of this world or whatever. Like, that, this, the game Clay Counselor, like, that's a magical job. And so, like, I guess you want to, like, say that's, like, it's, like, in a volcano or in space or like, some cool location. Yeah, this, I mean, this guy looks like the first streamer, and he's trapped in some kind of hermetically sealed dome. You yeah, know, Death I mean, Valley. a bit of a, maybe a Truman Show scenario. Yeah, it's surrounded by screens, which seems fun, but you got to remember... A lot of these Nintendo tapes are not good games. They're really hard. Even some of the good ones are so hard, and he has to live in there in his uh, silver reflective jacket alone. I, I, I wish him the best. I mean, he's missing his kid growing up. This is pretty. He's, <laughs> and he's like, I didn't even like that kid. I mean, he talks he, too much. I, I, I only care about this jacket. <laughs> they. They said I could have the jacket, and I said yes. I, I had never been quicker to say yes to something. He's going to take that kid to, uh, to Disney World. <laughs> and he got out of it. Uh, and that, that's the issue. That's the issue. Uh, do we want to end with our uh, Nestor and Howard rankings? Yeah, I guess we have to. It yeah, is the... Uh, there's some big developments. I'm actually... I've got some bold swings here, but you... Uh, you I'll, actually, I'll start then. I'll, I, I, okay. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll... Uh, uh, I'll just give the ranking because it's a little bold, but um, uh, Nestor is going to get a six. Oh, my uh, God. What? That kid is buff. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, he, he's in pretty good shape. He looks like the 80s version of Fit. Like, Yeah, totally. Like, I just I think I was impressed by the level of buffness Nestor had. I mean, he's and, shooting lightning out of his power glove at Howard, so he's defiant, too. And Howard, I'm going to give actually a one. Um, Wait, why are you giving him a one? Because... He's getting a little spooky for me. Um, I kind of liked the kind of house of cards. Like last time, we kind of got this like house of cards. Yeah, like version he, he of was him, up to something. Which I was like, okay, that's cool. I'm in. Right. And his story's still cool and nuanced and obviously very well thought out. But uh-huh. uh, he's just he's like haunting dreams. He's, it's a little bit of like a Freddy Cougar situation inception yeah, scenario. That's kind of messed up. And it's just he's more of a spooky creature at this point. And I'm like I'm not I'm not a big scary movie guy. Uh, <laughs> so honestly he I, I would just say he was a little spooky for me this 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 time around it's a little it's like an episode of the outer limits the 90s one where stuff went bad yeah yeah i i totally get that i, I respect those ratings yeah i i knew it'd be controversial but that, that that's where i'm at i mean honestly though the nestor one when we recorded our first episode yeah we said i said I was willing to give Nestor a higher score if he started to act more like Howard Phillips. And the concept of him having a job mm. covering video games, that that is him doing what he 
yeah. I wanted him to do. So I don't have any choice but to give him a good score. That's very interesting. Um, That's a very good point. I forgot that we established. And I'm honestly heartbroken that he didn't get to form a relationship with that librarian who probably would have been like a cool big sister or kind of a mother figure or maybe even something romantic. Yeah. I mean, he is an adult man. I mean, yeah, his um, his life is like, I mean, he's definitely getting sympathy from me. All I'm seeing is like, yeah, he's getting these, there's just these big moments where I'm like, oh, he's going to get it together and it never happens. I was so ready for you to say I'm heartbroken because I have to give him a one. <laughs> I was so ready. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm not going to give him a one. Um, I wouldn't blame you, man. I, I know he's, he, I, he's giving us a little bit more, though. I, oh. I like what he's doing. I'm going to give him a three. <laughs> I think that... That's fair. Didn't I give him like a seven last episode? I think Did I gave you? him a really good score. I, man, I, I don't know. So I'm, I'm pulling it back because okay, like, yeah. I want to see Nestor like, hold down a job, which it seems like he might. That's a good point. And I want to see him start like a savings account. I want to see him planning for the future. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, we got the big reveal for me that he's buff. So like that shot my score up, but it's going to go right back down. But anybody could be fit. That's like the least impressive thing a man can be. He was fucking real buff though. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, but I agree. If he can't like hold, if we don't see his life and I don't know if his life, if he's ever going to get his life together with Howard, you know, pressing the, you know, Pressing the, the reset button doing. every every five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he does, but yeah, I guess like yeah. I guess if he doesn't beat out Howard, if he let continues to let Howard control him, and you know, honestly to God, I mean, Howard is getting to the point where you might have to like stab him with like uh, shoot him with a silver bullet to get rid of him. I uh, c- I could see Howard from across the room seeing Nestor like actually successful su- successfully like slow dance with somebody and him just screaming no like just really upset because the plan is so the the better he gets at messing with Nestor, the easier that his plan can fall apart because even the smallest human victories for Nestor is like catastrophe for howard yeah totally yeah i mean that's um because Nestor is as as his foil he has to stay one note and he just yeah as a human being he's just having a tough time doing that um, I'm going to give Howard an eight. Oh, wow. Yeah, because okay. like he is, as, as I said before, like the highest form of art for me is um, cartoonishly evil, uh, dark and evil men with um, really intricate plans, like in a crime movie. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, so like go. drug dealers and, and people who um, confidently shoot pistols um to solve problems like that kind of basically the entire of uh history of cinema is is Uh, like an expression of that and movies are like the highest art form even more than video games so howard becoming one of those um mind-bending masterminds in the vein of a like a scarface or um 25th hour starring edward norton like that's about as good as it gets he gets an eight okay i can respect that uh Thank you. All right. Well, that's another. We went through another, <laughs> another full full issue. Another of, Nintendo P of what's becoming the Howard and Nestor deconstruction. <laughs> it's it's really important that we really get to the bottom of this. And yeah. I mean, we only have to do it for a few more years, and we're going to get to. There are other comics that appear in Nintendo Power eventually. That's crazy to me, honestly. Like, not to be serious. As soon as something pops up that's not Howard and Nestor. I think I'm going to like get sucked into the magazine. You think so? 
Yeah, yeah. I'm going to call it now. I think, I think I'm going to get sucked into the magazine. All right. Well, we can't wait to share another episode with you as we dig through. I don't know how to do the outro with the music actually playing. <laughs> oh, yeah. The Now You're Playing with Podcast Podcast is brought to you by the Podcast Power Players Power Team. Music by Games Cameron. Find back episodes, send us emails, and do cool stuff at our website, nowyourplaying.com. That's your with an E, because we know how to do grammar. <laughs>